Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 121 of Beer and Other Shit Podcast. This afternoon, we are in glorious Toronto, Ontario, at Kensington Brewing Company with Michael, acting president, and Johnny, head brewer. Fellas, thank you for having us. Nailed it. Pleasure. All right, got it right. Didn't mess it up. Uh, Long time coming. We've been talking for way too long. I emailed, and I looked it up this morning, I emailed you in 2017. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. doing an episode and you're like, oh, I'm in Australia, we can get to it in April of 2018. Oh, do you know what? No, that was because we messed up and we we were only doing uh, every two weeks we were releasing yeah. podcasts. We moved it to weekly because we banked them up and when you bank them up, only two episodes a month, all of a sudden it's six months till the next one. So I was like, yeah, there's yeah. no point because by the time yeah, we do it, then we changed that last year. So now we're here. We're not messing around. We're getting it done. Better We're doing it that. properly, right? <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for having us. Really appreciate it. Uh, cool spot. This is my first time, I think first time coming to this start. How long have you been open? Opened in, on the 25th of August, 2017. Okay, so I guess I haven't been through here. I have had a bunch of your beers, but I haven't been here. It is glorious. I love the ingenuity of the... Uh, like the basement with the tanks of going above, yeah. making it work. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to have a, this is such a, probably one of the most eclectic neighborhoods in the city. Yeah. Arguably, in Kensington. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's really cool that there's that fully operational <coughs> brew pub as opposed to like Trinity Common, like, you know, like a beer bar and stuff, but you've got like place to manufacture. Very cool. Yeah, it's unusual. I mean, y- y- the neighborhood for people who haven't been here is super unique and weird in a great way. <laughs> in a great way. <laughs> and, uh, uh, for better or for worse sometimes, yeah. but like the the idea of having a manufacturing facility, which is you know what we are here making beer, is uh, in the center of this type of neighborhood is kind of strange. And so there's been a bunch of weird solutions to solving the problems, and yeah. some of them we just never solved. Okay. And uh, like shipping, for example, we... Uh, you know, most breweries have like a big like a attached to where we are now would be like a loading dock and a right, warehouse. Right. We don't have any of that. So we right. have to, uh, uh, you know, we've constructed like a hoist system to bring stuff up from the basement to the main floor. And then we nice. bring it out the front and we've got a, yeah. So it's just sort of some workarounds. I mean, the hoist right. is cool, but uh, like Johnny's been at a number of breweries before and coming here, it was like. It's a tight spot. <laughs> like <laughs> like our, yeah, our, yeah. our warehouse storage is the three pallets you see behind you. Oh, wow. That's. Yeah. Hey, that's what we got. Where do you keep all the cans and stuff? Like the empty cans? Offsite. Oh, you have to have So we've got time. a walk-in fridge downstairs. So we can okay. fit like 40 hectoliters or so, depending on the mix of finished products. Whether stuff it's cans, that, bottles, or... Yeah, cans, bottles, uh, kegs, because um, we sell quite a lot of beer to licensees as well. Right, right. Um, but then that is just a fraction of what we're holding at any given point. So we have a warehouse offsite, mm-hmm. uh, And we're basically at least once a week, uh, sometimes twice a week if we're packaging a lot just depending on the schedule we're shipping stuff off site right so it's like a huge it's built a, in a lot of logistics cost. yeah in and out yeah. and everything before 12pm yeah before we open wow. at 12 <laughs> or we try to anyways or in the winter we're not open until 4 but our front door to the road is also pretty much our main shipping <laughs> right yeah shipping yeah. bay I guess that's uh, part of the game of uh, being located in such a like a, like a historical yet like you know dope area that just is a little restricted yeah. physically with what you can do you're making it work yeah. god damn it, yeah. <laughs> well, god we're, damn we're, it. We're, we're trying it sounded like a great year like or sorry a great uh, idea like seven That's years right. ago <laughs> uh, and you know we signed a lease for this place in winter of 2013 so right. we didn't open until 20, end of 2017 so it took us that long to actually 
figure out how to do this and along the way, you know, making a lot of mistakes right, right. and losing a lot of money and starting over again and the whole nine yards. We're so going to have to get into that story. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, we've got time. So we, we do. We have plenty of time. So what we'll do, we'll start with a beer. Which one is the optimal kicker offer? I'd say you want to go light. Oh, with yeah. the barrel-aged... Uh, no, okay. uh, what do you, th- <laughs> what do you think, Johnny? The Nash or Pills? Uh, yeah, kick it off with a Nash. Yeah, sure. The Vienna Lager? All right, let's get these in. Should we get the um, little guys over there? Are they more optimal for this type of situation? Whatever you want, man. Yeah, yeah I brought a whole tray of, of glassware over. So we should have brought it over here. That's fine. We can move around. So tell us about this particular beer. Vienna Lager are a beaut. What's the deal? Have at it, Johnny. Tell us, Johnny. Tell us all about it. Yeah, all right. Uh, So, Amber, easy drinking lager. Uh, We already had a Pilsner when we opened up this location, so we're already working with a lager yeast. um, And to kind of keep that going, it almost... it, uh, it warranted having a second logger anyways, Thanks, just because yeah. that way we could uh, keep the yeast strains alive and going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wanted a little bit darker offering. This one's a bit more bready, a bit more toasty. Okay. Uh, more malt forward um, than maybe like a Pilsner. Perfect. Uh, it's named uh, Nash after the... Um, so Kensington Market is sort of like a big urban food market for Toronto. Uh, in Vienna, there's a little area called the Nash Market. And is that's it? essentially like the... Uh, the Venetian equivalent of uh, Kensington. Okay. Is it in down? I've been to Vienna. It was long, like 15 oh. years ago. But like, yeah. is that like in the downtown area, like that main street? Yeah, it's like a. <coughs> excuse me, it's like an outdoor. Actually, this is this is like That's an it? illustration of what it looks like. So kind of similar, not exactly the nice. same. Like this is uh, a little more contemporary, and it's you know they've got a lot more food outside and stuff. Whereas Kensington's kind of this weird collection of residential neighborhood and food vendors restaurants stuff like that but right. that was kind of the idea we, we needed something that was going to be you know it was like our easy going lager but for the winter gotcha and I'm a huge personal fan of, of Vienna lagers and there really aren't a lot going around Ontario. they're not like no, not a ton. lagers in general like a lot of craft breweries don't have a big portfolio of loggers. So. Kind of hard for the spacing and stuff. They're coming back yeah. to take twice yeah. as long. Right? Right. Yes. That's it. But we, we've got two year round and we've got this is the first time actually we've had a third one. We've got a third one in tank right now just nice. to sort of I think it's going to probably end up being pretty similar to Nash but a little bit darker and okay. I don't know. We Obviously we continue to like if you look at the sales numbers, they continue to be really great performing beers especially with licensees because the reality is like most people are still drinking lighter beers. So if we can yeah. offer like a gateway into the stuff that we think is more interesting and the stuff that is like more fun for us, mm-hmm. then that's great. We get a ton of tourists here and they're like, oh, I drink Coors Light. They're like, boom, right. try this Pilsner, try this. Cause it's just a little bit more interesting, more character and that'll kind of ease you in. I'm not gonna say, hey, have a barrel aged like <laughs> crazy like kettle style, sour with yeah. cherries on it, right? It's gonna freak people out. So right. we always go into the Pilsner and the Nash first, which is like even a little bit softer than no, this is so, great. Yeah, even our Pilsner is a bit more, uh, it uses some more American style hops. It's not quite a traditional Czech Pilsner. Right. No, so awesome. even for some people, it's a little bit too much. So the gotcha. Nash Lager is pretty, like the most easy, like uh, smooth gateway. Yeah. It. Yeah. Smart. So on top of that, I don't know if you guys, I do the stupid beer reviews. I take the photo with the beers and there's a bunch of these. I think I've already had the wheat and, uh, the, and the fish. Out. Yeah. So I'm going to be taking a few photos. Y'all cool? Let's the, do the, it. The we have a choice? Home. Not really. No. <laughs> it's going to be happening anyway. Sex Boom. Piece. Love it. All right. All right. Now we've got that part. Let's get to the beer story. So how did uh, you guys get into beer? 
How did it happen? How did you discover it? Johnny's path is more interesting. <laughs> Let's talk about it, Johnny. Okay. Um, well, I I did university for something very different. I film, actually. Okay. And uh, my entire sort of uni career, I was also, um, I was working at the LCBO. It's just the Liquor Control Board for Ontario. Yes. Um, and yeah, just sort of like over my years there, by the time I finished uni, I realized I was more excited and more kind of interested in, uh, the, the, in the beer industry than <laughs> the film industry. So... Uh, yeah, made a bit of a swap over and I ended up getting into, uh, they had just launched a program in Niagara, uh, Niagara yeah. College put out a yes. brewing program, so, uh, didn't really expect to get into it and, um, was one of the first years I went through it, so, nice. got, uh, got that, that experience, that was maybe 2012, 2011. Okay. That's sick, so you would have had some other alumni that are around, like, I'm, I feel like there was... I've heard this There's before. a good amount in yeah. Toronto, yeah. Like, um, it's probably the program's been going for about six years now, and pretty much in any brewery in Ontario, there's probably at least one person who's uh, somewhat related to that program. It's a big program now, but yeah. like, now you did. were in it first or second year, it was like it was a twenty. Dozen it people. was twenty four students a class, yeah. yeah. So that, I didn't expect to get in because I think there's some like five hundred applicants. And wow! Oh, so it's like hard to get into. Yeah, and it Jeez. wasn't really clear what the prerequisites were, so. Uh, <laughs> Being a college program, I didn't know if they're looking at my uni credits or high school because, like high school, my like bio and my chemistry was like fifty percent, like just a pass. So I was, I was <laughs> hey, pretty worried that I looked back at that, uh, I wouldn't be getting there. But yeah, <laughs> I made, made a, okay, cool. Yeah, I made a big change of course, and um, yeah, since that I kind of um, through that program I wanted to also see a fair bit of Canada. So like my first, uh, we had a segue year between the the two years of the program. So I went out to PEI and worked for a brewery. Nice. Uh, in Charlottetown and then once I finished the program right away I did a bit of a short touring gig with Alexander Keys, which got me to Vancouver which is where I wanted to be and then nice. I worked for a couple of breweries out uh, out in the west coast as well uh, Central City so that, yeah, yeah. Red Racer that, um, uh, that around the what they for the 150? Yeah. They yeah. did that whole pack with all those collabs. That was actually really great that was dope. You, mm -hmm. you skipped the, the um, Keith's thing was awesome though it was the mobile like it, wasn't it the nano brewer thing that was going around all the different beer festivals? Yeah, they'd uh, they'd launched. Uh, they kind of wanted to change directions because their IPA maybe wasn't quite an IPA. So they uh, they did a <laughs> still not quite still, no, still not yeah. quite. <laughs> hey, they tried that. Yeah, uh, so they did. A, they launched a single hop series of beer, and it was yeah, a lot so more. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. lasted maybe three or four years, and they, they actually surprising. weren't too bad. Yeah, they were, um, some of them were good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that was more geared around just beer education. So they pretty much made like a one hundred liter brewery and uh, like I made a beautiful brew house, put it on a trailer and drove it around. Um, so it was about three months of that, just going to beer festivals, different bars, setting up, unloading, and just like actually we would, we would yeah, brew on site. Uh, we couldn't serve what we made uh, right, due to the legalities of it, but we would serve, yeah. The pre-made pre stuff? Yeah, the pre-made cans and then talk to people about all the hop aromas and uh, yeah. Nice. That was hey, a nice little so interesting gig. to beer education, right? Like it's... Yeah, being it's a brewer, you never think you're going to go on tour. <laughs> no, really. doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And particularly one like Keith, who were technically independent. Is that accurate? Mm, no, the bat. The bat? Okay. Yeah. That's some marketing budget there, man. 18 wheeler nano brewery. Took us four <laughs> years to build this, and we've got it on a, on <laughs> on a, a, on a bus. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, Vancouver, you worked for Central City. Who else was that? I love Vancouver. Some DC beers are just insane. They're killing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was great to see. Like, just all, I've never been out to BC before that point, and just yeah, it's at least five years ago. It's BC was quite a bit ahead of Ontario, even oh, yeah. uh, like a lot more like a yeah West Coast of states. So um, it was just great to get out there and just try all these like really hoppy, interesting new styles. 
Um, I did them for a year, and then I came back to Ontario and actually uh, worked as a head brewer and opened a brewery in northern Ontario. Okay. Um, did that for a couple of years and then ended up back on the West Coast. So the second nice. time I went back, I was in actually Victoria. Okay. I worked for a brewery called Category 12. Um, they're pretty, so they're, they're like, like three years now okay. open, but, um, packaging and stuff. Or yeah, they're packaging. They had, um, I never intended to work at a brewery when I was there. I was a little bit burnt out from what I was doing in Ontario. So I went out there with the idea that I was just going to take a sabbatical, chill find a bartending gig and chill. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I really love their black IPA and I visited the location and was like amazed at how just clean and big and open everything was. Um, and yeah, uh, ended up running into the owner at a farmer's market. He, uh, one of one of the regular employees was sick that day with her kids, so he ended up having to go down and work the farmer's market, so I ended up chatting to him, and one thing led to another, and he offered me a job, so. Nice. Uh, didn't want to work in a brewery again but at that point, but, um, well, not for that period of time, but couldn't say no to it. Of course not. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah, that was pretty great, and then, uh, yeah, I was there for a year, but wanted to get back to Toronto, always knew that was the goal, so. Uh, yeah, I came across the Kensington gig online and just one thing led to another. When was that? It was 20... Oh, probably 20, January 2016. 20, okay. It's been a few years now. Uh, yeah. Three. But you didn't start until the summer of... When did you start? 17? I came here in May, but then really didn't get going until September. And then really didn't get of going 16, until... Of 16, yeah, right? Yeah, of 16. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> we were contract brewing, waiting for this thing to, you know, wrap up. And we were like, Johnny starts, and there's no head brewing to be done by a head brewer yet. So we right. were like, we were like, like uh, yeah, we were like, sussing out like some new recipes and just kind of trying to figure out what the hell we were gonna do and keeping busy. And like, uh, you know, Johnny had been through the whole startup phase before, um, and so he was kind of we were redrawing things and reconsidering our bad ideas and trying to make them better. So that was, right. that was an interesting period of time. <laughs> a brewer without a without a without home. a real job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that's how you ended up here. How did you get into beer, man? Uh, similar path, I think, to probably everybody. You start drinking when you're uh, 19, 19? 19. <laughs> exactly 19. 19. <laughs> uh, and it's just like all garbage, right? Like you're, you know, I was drinking whatever was put in front of me. And I remember having um, uh, uh, Mill Street's uh, Tank House Ale. Yes. For the first time. And that was the first beer. It was like this sort of aha moment for me. And I was like, man, what what the hell is this? What's going on here? I didn't even realize it was possible for beer to taste like that. And then this was back when you could get Dogfish Head 60-minute IPA at the LCBO. And back then, yeah, yeah, for like a year, and it was like 15 bucks for a six-pack or something, which was crazy back Actually, then. That's not bad. Oh, that's really yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah right. six-pack, that was But in like 2004 bucks. or whatever, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was crazy. Um, so had that and was like, wow, this is crazy. So we taught, her, uh, a friend and I taught ourselves how to homebrew just like basic stuff, extract, and then moving to like, you know, steeping grains and all that and Making mash um, yeah I was uh, I was working at a web development company doing like sales support stuff admin like very entry level and I was beer blogging and then uh, I met the guy who owned the company and sort of bothered him and interviewed him for the blog uh, kind of what we're doing now right much less yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah eventually just started working for free and then just kind of parlayed that into a, a full time role so I've done nice. a little bit of everything at the brewery like social media stuff events like hundreds of events over the years and sort of settled into my role generally kind of operations side of the, 
the business. Right. So, what yeah. was your beer blog called? What was my beer blog called? Gerback Brew Blog. Did, were you operating for them? <laughs> well, you have to explain that name. I, yeah, so I had a nickname. Uh, I had a nickname for a while called uh, Gerback. My last name is Ger. Right. And I called a friend and I said, his mom was like, hello. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, is so-and-so home? And she said, no. And I said, okay, can you just tell him to call Mike Gerback? And she wrote, call oh. Mike Gerback. Like that was my last <laughs> name, Gerback. So that just right. kind of stuck. So I like that. Uh, and I was just going for the alliteration. I don't know. In hindsight, it's a bad name, obviously. But <laughs> but I just started it because I wanted to like meet brewers and I wanted to get into the business because I wanted to like every day I was going into this other company, it was just miserable. So I wanted right. to do something I liked, like most people who end up in craft beer. But, and uh, yeah, I met, it just kind of happened after like a year. So I stopped writing it was yeah. sort of a vessel just to kind so of it was like kind of that was the angle of it it was just sort of a tool i didn't like love writing or anything i just right. i just wanted to like get into the beer business yeah a bit of an audience though because it's funny because i remember you, when, when, you i remember when i started i read your blog like before i was even brewing i think that's funny huh. yeah. that is cool when that yeah was i know that i remember like one of the things that i really enjoyed back because you were like interviewing brewers i think you talked with um it wasn't chris long but brian carver at uh, PI Brewing Company or Gahan, I think you even interviewed one point. I, I don't remember. No, I didn't. Not that many. I didn't. It was mostly home brewing failures. To think. Think. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> That's mostly what I was talking about. <laughs> Were you ahead of the game then? Like getting what? When was this? Uh, okay, this was like 2011. Okay, was that pretty early for? Uh, 20 no 2010, 2010, which was okay. So we launched as a company formally in like the middle of 2011. Right. But like nothing happened until like 2012, summer 2012 is when right. we started putting beers out. And then, so end of 2011, there was like a beer that was out. It was originally produced at um, Black Oak out in Etobicoke. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a Paul Dickey collaboration beer, and it was brewed specifically for the Burger Bar, which is kind of where the the business started. So literally, like a 30 second walk up the street on the right hand side. It's now mm -hmm. called Beer Two Beer B Two B. Okay. That was where we started. And, right. and uh, so the idea was get like a custom brewed pale ale, sort of like Sierra Nevada pale ale that was going to go with the burgers there. That huh. was the whole concept. Right. Um, and so it was mostly just being sold there. Uh, but at the time, the, the burger bar was kind of becoming this like cool craft beer place because yeah, 2011, 2012 was like early days. It was like Super early, nothing. yeah. That's yeah. when we started. Yeah. Um, and... So, uh, yeah, I guess we were ahead of the game a little bit. We were definitely part of the company was part of the first wave of new contract brewers. Right. So some rules changed that facilitated this sort of third-party manufacturing, which is completely normal in every other sphere of manufacturing, but was very yeah. unusual in beer. Right. And it's still now looked at, sort of frowned upon by yes. a lot of people who think that, you know, if you don't have brick and mortar, you're not a legitimate brewery. How do you guys feel about that without, because I find that's a very, very Ontario specific attitude. It yeah, pops yeah. up here and there, but Ontario yeah. have a real gripe with it. Like how do you, I mean clearly you guys are pro contract, would you say? I, don't, I think my personal opinion, like I think, you know, Johnny may have his own sort of position on it being someone who actually has to make the stuff every single day. But my position has changed a little bit. I can appreciate the fact that some people look at at sort of branding first, sort of more like marketing agencies that happen to have a beer with some level of disdain. Like I, I understand That's that, fair. right? I, I agree with that too. Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, this doesn't all the time make business sense, but I'm a real motivations guy. I think if you're, if you're really into beer because you love it, your intent is to get your message out there and produce something that's very high quality and you can build a business out of it and then maybe someday you build your own brewery, awesome. Right. 
I don't necessarily see eye to eye with the whole like super cool contract brewery that's like dropping free cases everywhere and sponsoring like big club nights and stuff. It's not like my vibe, so I'm not right. too keen on that. Um, but I think that for us, it was a means to an end, sort of, in that it we learned a lot um, right. and that we made a lot of mistakes and got it out of the way and that we got some sort of brand recognition before transitioning into our own proper place. But as a business, contract brewing was... Trash. Yeah, it's like I think that's what people get get twisted. Like, there's no money to be made. It's not like anyone's doing it for the cash. If you're not doing it to with the end goal to build a brewery, it's kind of like, why are you bothering? Unless you have a ton of money, yeah, really great branding, uh, brand marketing promotion expertise, Mm -hmm. and you can scale up really, really quickly, and you can be very, very aggressive. And there are some examples of successful contract only operations in Ontario mm-hmm. and they've become huge and it's crazy to me but for what we wanted to do which was more interesting more costly time-consuming flavorful stuff there was no way to build an actual sustainable business out of it if right. we were contracting right fair do you have your thoughts yeah um no kind of similar um uh, mixed uh sort of on both both see both sides of the fence yeah uh, it's hard sometimes to like for me I always look at it from like a brewer's perspective and I find parts of that model are problematic because um, like when you're the brewer and it's your own place, you care a lot more, you kind of, you've, you're a little more intimately involved with it. Mm-hmm. I feel it sort of it distances each side. Uh, the person who's sort of, who wants to make the beer isn't making the beer and the person who is doesn't really have a relation with it other than here's your brew sheet produce. Right. So I think uh, it, it's, <laughs> it steps back a little bit. Uh, just your involvement in the process mm-hmm. and just from a brewery perspective it can be very hard you don't have a lot of say you don't have as much control mm-hmm. it's like even that year that we were sort of um, that I was on board where we were contracting it, it could be difficult sometimes like yeah you, really you, difficult you're, yeah, yeah you're completely hands off in the production maybe if they the mess packaging. up you're like oh man come on like, it's not even home. like the people we worked with like mm-hmm. five different facilities in a period of like six years Right. And some of them were great and really organized and made a quality product and you could tell that they cared. They, they treated it like their own. But some of them were like great people and had skills as brewers and had built like interesting, you know, great businesses. But at the end of the day, it was just that like we couldn't, mm-hmm. we weren't there all the time. And she it just felt like over, right? we were one step removed and it was, yeah, for like, it, we really felt like it, it damaged our business, not just because... You know, there was the economics of it weren't favorable, but right. but because we were having consistency issues, we were moving around breweries all the time. We couldn't get that like control over the product that has to be the hallmark of any brewery. Of yeah, when you're not there day to day looking after a batch, you get pretty removed from the batch. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess like to to sort of piggyback on that, it sort of feels like with beer, particularly craft beer, there's it's corny, but there's an element of like that love in there, and you can taste it. Yeah. Like if it's yeah. like like if you really I guess it's the care like if you're really like paying attention and tweaking every little nuance of it mm-hmm. like which maybe a contract brewer doesn't doesn't have the time because there's maybe volume of, of clients or whatever yeah. they might not be able to do it but yeah I would say that most people aside from those marketing companies type of thing most people are doing it like you guys for to yeah, keep yeah. product on the shelf and to build mm-hmm. a brand which then when people oh Kenton I've been buying them from the LCBO for years and now they've got the spot like now I can yeah. come there and try their other stuff like yeah. I guess that's the the customer journey you're trying to get them to go through yeah essentially it's always interesting to me to hear the different perspectives uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's it's a tool, right? I mean, we we outsource a lot of other aspects of our business. So we you know we pay a third party to help distribute our beer, like most Super companies do. Companies. So it works. It works, right? Yeah. You outsource what you feel like somebody else can do better than you than you can. Yeah, it's just um, business. Yeah. But when it came to the beer, we felt like it was a constant impediment and actually mm. more or less in some ways became the downfall where we, you know, we had a period of time where we were uh, effectively insolvent. Like we had this big meteoric rise in like two years we went from nothing to in so many bars in the city and we had uh, one brand that was going off like crazy in the LCBO and then we added two more. We added like Fisheye and Watermelon, both of which were like brewed for the first time semi-legally like mm. at the back of the burger bar years ago right? right and ended up becoming huge successes um and then we just went crash and burn because we had instability with our contract brewers we mm. you know where we were getting our product produced at the time maxed out their capacity and they said sorry you know we you kind of got to go somewhere else and then our recipes kind of changed and they wouldn't pull over to the new brewery and the new brewery the fee structure wasn't you know fair frankly didn't right. make sense we had all these quality problems we lost the listing at the lcbo and then it just sort of tumbled and tumbled and tumbled right right uh and it was all sort of in some ways tied up with with, with contract, contract brewing so my my perspective on that is very like it's, it's kind of an intimate yeah. experience right <laughs> that's but, actually really yeah. unique because i've usually it's fairly straightforward so you people are like yeah. nah it's trash or like no no it's been very important to our business and yeah. we're a bit now you've kind of had a bit of both very, that's, right. that's fascinating. It, yeah, it all depends, man. If I was getting yeah. into the business now, like, what would you do? No way, I'd not right. Would no. you? So you feel that the risk of not building the brand beforehand is is totally worth it to just start fresh and brew. You start how you want it in your own facility. Again, it depends. Like my, my opinion on the matter. If you're gonna do that whole like huge aggressive sales kind of push and, and marketing company you see a couple big brands like that right now fine do that but if you're if you're trying to build the brand on quality interesting really compelling beer then people who are into that don't care about contract brewing so you're not effectively building a brand you're building a brand that's associated with contracting which is going to be viewed negatively most think, of the time do you think the average consumer is aware so if they go to an LCBO like I know who one of the brands you're talking about. Like, like if someone purchases a beer, do you think they even consider, like, in their mind, like the average Probably consumer? Not. Maybe we all would because we're beer nerds or whatever. But the average yeah, person's yeah, not yeah. going to go and see that. And be like, yeah. I wonder where their facility is. I wonder who, which third party made it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder how much. I don't. I don't know how much of an impact it has from that point because the only reason your contract is for licensees or a bar, yeah. which they're almost certainly not thinking of that, and then LCBO where they might consider it. People do, I'm surprised at where I find people caring about this type of thing. Oh, yeah. Whether it's with licensees or LCBO. Like you're seeing the- Yeah, I'm like, oh, well that's, that matters to you, that's crazy. But oh. at the same time, I think in general, most consumers are probably not gonna dig too deep probably on it. know what the hell it means. But, but here's the thing, yeah. find me a contract brewer with beer that's really interesting. Interesting in the way you're saying it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Because you know I think like, they are? If they're all the same styles, like how many Kolsch's can you have? <laughs> and I'm not trying <laughs> to say this to shit talk people. No, I'm totally. just saying like if it. you're, you know, where some of these brands have been successful they, is, is they've corned, they're really cool. They've got this great slick kind of packaging going on. And they've got a they've got a type of beer that really appeals to a wide audience. And it acts like our Nash and like our Pilsner, right? And they've built a successful brand on those two styles. But for what we were trying to do, we felt for our own interest and sanity uh, and to contribute in the way I thought, you know, in an interesting way, we couldn't do it with a contract model. 
Like we yeah, just sure. did the economics don't make any sense for us. It's right. too expensive. Because you're trying yeah. to do different types of beer. You just yeah. need to make such a large batch there's, to make there's, it there's, right? Yeah, there's no, the there's no small trials. Yeah, and a lot of the contract breweries, like they, their minimums start off typically too high. Like here, we can yeah. experiment with a 15 heck batch, no 15, problems. yeah, 1500 liters. Small if you want to do like a nano, real small thing, if you want, yeah, if you have the facility for that. Yeah, some small stuff. But like a lot of the contract breweries, it's like okay, you need to start at 80, 80 hex, 60 yeah. hex. Right. So it's yeah. the big, big guys. Yeah. yeah, and to move that volume of beer, you need something very light, something very sessionable, a yeah. lager, a kolsch. I think they're gateway breweries. That's what I think they are. Like the ones yeah. you're talking about, we all know what they are in Ontario. I know you, like those guys, you know, arguably the, if you know the stories behind some of them, mm -hmm. like some of them are those marketing companies, some of them have aspirations. Like yeah. they're just the gateway. Yeah. Like they, they're the ones who will get that. Like, and I know they've spoken to the owners, like they, uh, their aim is to get the Coors Light drinker to stop drinking Coors Light. One yeah. way to do that, because the typical Coors Light drinker doesn't give a shit about like, a quality, you know, whatever stout and stuff. Like they, they don't even, it's not even in their worldview yet. Right. Like, so if you can get them via cool marketing to jump mm. off that cool light trash and then they'll start that, then yeah. the chance that they're either going to stay on that contract brewer for a while yeah. or they're going to be like, well, okay, B, what else have they got? They might go, oh, maybe they got a red ale, maybe there's an IPA in there. Or something. I'd, love, like, I'd love to know how much that actually happens, that transition. Like, I'd love to cool. see how many people will full-time make that transition. Because you're right, it's, it's like huge credit where credit is due. Like, I see people with some of these brands in their hands right now, and I'm like, you would have never, like some of my friends, I'm like, you would have never had anything like this years ago. Because I, I do think they care about uh, perception of quality, right? Because I think that's the what some of these brands, these, the these consumers, because the okay. I, I think <clears throat> they, they get this cool can in their hand, whether it's easy going or whatever, and, and it, it's like that or maybe a Stella or a Heineken, that's kind of the consumer, right? It's yes. like they're going, they sell a ton of it downtown and it's, uh, anyways, I, like, I think it, I'd be interesting to see if people, if consumers actually, how that sort of process of moving through kind of gateway beers works. Hmm. I wonder if there's a way to you track know? it. I'm trying to do like focus groups or something. Like, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure the big companies have done it, and they're huh. more than <laughs> probably like more. yeah, like button them, like and yeah. Bush is doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it is fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting approach too, because it's at least it's talking to them in a way that they're familiar with making their beer choices. Like they mm. were on Coors Light, basically yeah. they've they've always made their beer choices based off of cool marketing. Yeah. So you're not going to get to that person by talking to them necessarily about the hops or yeah. about this. Exactly. Yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. talk to them in on their cool, level. Yeah, in a cool marketing approach. So how many of those are going to get into the beer enough to, mm -hmm. to, to kind of move on? Because we've had like, me and Scott started, the, like you are saying, 2011 when we started yeah. doing the review things and the podcast started in 2015. But we were watching like, I lived in the basement of a house and then Brad lived with Scott on the main floor. So then me and Scott were doing all the beers, we're going to these places, we're traveling and buying beers and stuff. And then he was drinking Rickard's Red. And I remember we'd I'd be like, oh, try it. Most of the time he didn't even want to try it. Like, and then we started trying it all. He's like, oh, give me a sip of that. I was like, oh, that's all right. And then we watched him get into it. And then yeah, all yeah, of yeah. his friends were strictly go to the beer store, buy cases of the bike. Yeah. And yeah. then he was the guy for all of his mates and then bringing the beers around and showing them. All of them are, like one of them works at a craft beer, uh, works at the Avery and uh, Thingo now for Long Slice. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, other mates, all of the Budweiser guys are all on craft. They're all sending me photos of all the beers they're drinking. So <laughs> I've watched over the years all of these guys yeah. do it 
that are friends in, in multiple sort of friendship groups. So that's the only like qualitative sort of. Well, examples. you probably did it. I know I did it. Yeah, I said we all did. It. That's how you yeah, started. Red was yeah. my game. Right, but none of us were probably convinced by cool marketing. I don't think because none of us and like I can speak for you for sure. Boring like branding. Right. No, but it's, you didn't move to craft because of cool marketing. You, right. you went off a recommendation from a friend, and I'm sure you guys probably did the same thing. Maybe yeah. one of your friends were like, oh, try this, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Or whatever, well, like I started 365 yeah. days of beer, so my only choice after I ran through, tapped out all the European and local domestic lagers I could possibly find, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I gotta see what this Amber's <laughs> about, and then you just move in. I did it because of like OCD trying to, to you know, uh, what's the word, like, um, document everything and then as I started trying to I'm like oh ambers are pretty interesting it's kind of like yeah. a lager but a little tastier I'm like alright then I'm like oh what's this porter thing going on and you just started discovering but it was yeah. not because of marketing but some people like you said I never thought about that that the people on their level who are Coors or Bud drinkers are doing it because of the girls in bikinis on the ads and like we all respond to it yeah. in some way, right? Sure I mean, like, you've got people who, who are probably, like, more on our end of the spectrum who have a fascination in it for, you know, maybe the main drivers are a little bit different, but we try to have cool branding. Like, yeah. obviously, it's absolutely critical, especially when there's, like, literally hundreds of different brands, you know, at your corner LCBO or grocery store now, right? Mm -hmm. So it acts on us all in slightly different ways, but... Yeah. Um, I, th I'm, I think I'm completely undermining the point I was trying to make, but <laughs> but like no, point, point yeah. taken. It's definitely yeah. But anyways, the whole contract thing didn't work for us, and no. it doesn't seem to work for most. That's the thing. In the ones that move into physical breweries, or the ones uh, who stay contract in as a, as a sustainable business. No, absolutely being not. a contract no, brewer. No, it's no. either you like you start and you kind of whiz through your phase as a contractor, and, and it works in a sense that it gets you to the the brick and mortar. Which I think is the point for yeah. the vast majority. I would say yes. Aside from yeah. the marketing companies that literally yeah. have no intention, but them they're yeah. in a world of their own. I think there's few and far between of those. There's guys. like three or four of them. And they've like built crazy successful businesses and frankly it blows my mind. Like I don't yeah. know how they've done it. <laughs> it's like we were we had a sales uh, lunch at one of our licensees last month and we were talking about a couple of these and it's like just the sheer volume. Like how? It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But anyways. Yeah, it's different. Like, the thing about beer, I know we keep deflecting from the story and we're gonna get to the next beer as well, because we're really like thirty minutes in. Uh, we've like, talked about, about contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I forgot what I was gonna fucking say. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's how about the uh, beer? Yeah, how about the beer? Speaking well, of gateway beers. Nice. Speaking of gateway, this is probably the next one I assumed, right? Was it, would you say? Or is there another? Uh, yeah, we're probably not going to get through all of them, so we can uh, we jump, can. jump ahead about. if we need to. Which one? No, we, we, have, to get through we have to get through all of them. Yeah. I'm not scared, John. <laughs> I'm not scared. Um, is this the next? Uh, yeah, that's the next. Yeah. yeah. Logically, we'll go for that then. Tell us about that one. You boys can tell your one So this is the Market Pills. I should go grab some of those glasses. Oh, we can use. Oh, you want to switch them out? Oh, I like that. This is dedication. Is super okay. Right here, you can put them on the edge. Yeah. All right. I can just be. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll pour them. I'm gonna put it right you here. Pour? All right. Pour. You got enough room for the equipment off. Love it. So, um, what do we say about Market Pills? This was uh, our first logger, and initially, it, it, it's kind of at a place now that's different from where it started. So. Initially, it was a sort of hoppy, dry hopped pilsner. Okay. We wanted something that was light and easy going, but had uh, that sort of basic, uh, 
a little more like kind of dry hop character to it. Some very light citrus, more like lemon and stuff. We weren't using like big, crazy, like new world hops or anything. Okay. Uh, and then we just sort of refined it based on feedback and our own interest. And it's become somewhat more of a, of a kind of European style lager, like maybe a Czech lager, but we use American hops, a mix okay. of American Which hops in so. this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I think would be a mix of Saz and um, I think Hollertal Blanc, which is sort of like a German take on an American hop. Yes. So German's trying to make an American hop. Uh, so you get Copiness. that sort of like citrus, <laughs> a little bit of a brighter character. Yeah, totally a citrusy. A little less herbal, but you still have that grassy undertone. Yeah, I like that. But like still great. a fairly, like uh, as far as lagers go, still a, still a, a fairly pronounced um, bite to it. Yeah. I, I, like I mean, it. it's effervescent. It's... Refreshing. I love a good dry dry hop pills. Honestly, it's become like being like I don't know if we're talking about this on camera or not. But like, <laughs> you know, like like hey, if I had to choose my style, like I'm on a hazy IPA all day. But like yeah, yeah. I've become more like I would if I go to a brewery. My very first thing is to have a dry hop pills, not a lager. I'm full over it now. Yeah, I yeah. love that it's becoming a thing because it's just bless you. It's just such a like you said like it's the gateway beer, but it's also like it shows. I feel like it shows the. The brewery's potential because you can't hide. There's no yeah no adjuncts yeah. to hide behind. It's just like it's gonna be clean and like right. on point. And uh, this, Lock, is, this is great tough, yeah. to make them. Lots is tough. A good deal trickier. Yeah, oh, totally. You can keep talking while we're taking the stupid photo. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I don't think we like. I don't think I had an appreciation for the different challenges associated with uh, effectively lagering a beer. Like That's there's crazy, just. Right? And it's wild to sort of watch the evolution of the beer from the, you know, obviously the process of brewing, but then into the fermenter and how it changes and it produces some really nasty kind of like aromas during the process on occasion. And you just got to wait like so much. I mean, it goes back to that old home brewers adage of like, just relax and just wait because most things you perceive as being problems are in fact just a normal part of the fermentation process. And over time, great temperature control, ensuring that, you know, there's, you know, you're controlling all the variables you can, whether it's, you know, oxygen or, or anything like that. It ends up being this like super clean, very like grain forward beer. And that's mm-hmm. to me why, like I have a, a great appreciation for what this is and it's a lot harder and time consuming than I ever thought. Yeah, right. it was about two weeks at the end where it really starts to take that shape. But yeah. for the first month, you're just like, what is going on? You're like, is this wrong? Do we have to dump this? What's going on? Like, this, I don't know about this. And he's like, relax. Just relax. It's <laughs> fine. Get that. <laughs> six weeks a lot, eh? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. F- five to, like, at least five weeks. Mm-hmm. And then often, just based on production schedule stuff, it's six, six weeks. Damn, that's crazy. And there's no filtration. So you'll notice, like, uh, all of our beers have a bit of a haze. On occasion, just sort of depending on uh, packaging demands, temperature and stuff, they might be a little more bright than... Than other, also depending on how you pour the beer, but, of course. But uh, yeah, all of our beers are unfiltered, and you know we do our best to to you know give it time, right. time and temperature to just make sure everything's dropping out. You don't want to have chunks in your beer, but we always have a bit of a bit of a haze. A little haze going on. No, this is fantastic. Do you do so? You do these all here. Everything 100%. we've seen is that we're done here. Yeah. Even for all licensees, for all yeah. What's the yeah. capacity of the place? Fifteen X. Of the brew house, yeah, uh, four forty-five heck fermenters, one forty-five heck bright tank, and then a little fifteen heck fermenters mm-hmm. for the little guy. Yeah. So yeah. Did you have to do three brews to fill up a. Yeah, yeah. Damn. So we're, we're a little bit of a different configuration <clears> than some <throat> of the other breweries you'll see in Toronto. A lot tend to have they'll have more tanks that are smaller, which works great when you want to have eight things or twelve things on tap because you're you're doing smaller batches more frequently. Right. Uh, for us, it's a little bit trickier, uh, especially as our portfolio keeps growing. It's 
more and more challenges to sort of manage everything because we yeah. only have five tanks where we can really ever keep beer in. Because so. you got no, there's not really room for expansion. None. <laughs> yeah, like day, day one we knew when they were choosing the tanks, like they're built as tall as they would safely allow. So right. pretty much try to build up, uh, use all the vertical space we can get in here. Which is super creative, I love that. That's like the first yeah. thing I noticed was just I yeah. love that sort of creative use of the space because it's just that right. you guys have got nothing else you can do. <laughs> no, we wanted to, I mean the idea was, like as Johnny mentioned, to try to maximize the sort of capacity that we have in here to produce beer, knowing that getting things in would not be feasible in, in all cases. Now we, so what the result of that was, was these like huge oversized tanks. Um, which are good in some ways and not so great in others. Sometimes I wish we had like a number of smaller tanks just to mess around with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we actually did reinforce part of the floor on the main floor. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to down the road, we could add tanks, but that was like another stupid thing. Like, mm -hmm. Made absolutely no sense no, like back outside. four years ago or whatever. Yeah. Right. So now we've got really, really strong <clears throat> floors <laughs> that can hold you like 40,000 pounds or whatever, like right over there. I think it's and like 40,000 people. It's like, damn. I think it costs. I think to just put right over there, we put reinforcement yeah. in the floor, and I think it was like I remember the number being like thirty-eight grand or something for the reinforcement, like just for different steel eye because it had to be kind of engineered in a certain way, yeah, load that. tested, the different materials. Yeah. It gets away from you pretty quickly. Yeah. I think we got lucky though because. Um, just given, like, we always, originally we anticipated all of our shipping, all of our loading was going to go through the back door. Um, there's a laneway there that's difficult and un underdeveloped, so it's tricky to use. So we ended up just actually reconverting the front. Right. So now everything goes out the front. So at least those yeah. floors, when we're rolling full skids of grain over top, we don't have to worry. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I guess that would be a stretch. Yeah. You don't really think about that from, like, a... A two-story thing because you guys are having like this. What is this way? Like mm -hmm. the grain skids must be a like lot. heavy as hell. Yeah. Uh, close to a ton, I think. I was gonna yeah. say close to like oh, twenty-five kgs each, and there's and how many? It's probably forty, like, typically forty on a pallet. So it's uh, a lot. Here, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One is it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, do you know what we did? We kind of skipped over the um, uh, how the brewery came about then. Oh, yeah. we got, this is amazing. I love it. 40 minutes in, boys, we going hot. really <laughs> sidetracked with the contract brewery. Time. Yeah, you know what? This is why we let this roll. You know? No rules. No rules. Yeah, so, okay, so I remember drinking Fish Eye back in the day. Don't know if it was quite the 2011. No, you said the 2012. And it was 20, right? and maybe end of 2012, beginning of 2013, I think. I reckon I would have seen it. Was you probably in LCBOs? Then? It was an LCBO. And it had the fish on the can. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had yeah, the yeah. big eye, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a totally different beer. Oh, it was, eh? Yeah, it yeah. was like... Okay, I haven't had this for a long time. Like. It was like a... Uh, when it aged, it looked like, smelled like, and vaguely tasted like a barley wine. It was Damn. so dark, and it was <laughs> so ESB, sweet. borderline barley Yeah, ESB, yeah. like high alcohol content ESB. Um, it was like super like 2012, 2013, like multi IPA. Right. And we ended up having to, honestly, it, it got away from the original sort of vision for the beer just because we were contract brewing. And where we were contract brewing only had a certain English ale yeast. And it was a very like high attenuating yeast. And they didn't like to dry hop the way we wanted to dry hop. So here's a Bunch of examples. I've heard I've heard that before from other brewers that the, the contract brewers were like, oh no, no, I'm not doing it like that. I'm so like, when we started contract brewing, it was a lot of people like contract brewing wasn't a thing. So a lot of people were like, well, okay, you know, come bring your stuff here. But they were not set up to contract brew. So right. like they were learning as much as we were. But hmm. so basically we're like, okay, well, just 
you know, dry hop during primary fermentation and like we'll use this yeast or whatever. And we did all these things that are not ideally suited to the type of beer we were actually trying to make. And we right. ended up with what fish well, I was, which is not at all what it is now or what we want it to be. And the market for an IPA was so different so six different. years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, hey, like we're talking about it. Why don't yeah. we? Dark amber. It open. Like really malty caramel. That was almost commonplace. Yeah. Especially in Ontario. And then you'd all of a sudden you had like headstock come out in a brand yeah. like Nickelbrooks, and that was like okay, like it's light, well, yeah, it's brighter, it's lighter, and it's actually a lot more bright citrus fruit and almost no caramel malt or just enough to give it some body. Yeah. So uh, yeah, pretty much around the time uh, close to when so. we launched, did a bit of a rebrand. We just decided to like take this recipe and just turn it on its head. And even that took revisions, like for the first maybe six brews of it we did here, we were tweaking it, tweaking it every time, which you can't do when you're contract brewing. So it's right. really good to actually have full production size batches where we can make significant changes. Right. Because even if you're doing like little small pilots, it's it's so hard to control all your variables. Oh, totally. Um, no, that's sick. I like, And I really, something about, I like the fact that brands progress over time with in line with yeah. maybe the, the, the taste of the like the head usually is the brewer themselves or at least the people in, in making the decisions and with the taste of the people in their market I think that's just like yeah. smart business it's like and you could keep it the same out of like nah man this is what it is and then make another beer but I don't know something cool about that but like I always brand. say we can change it if it's making it better and, mm -hmm. and we're, at, we're at the point where honestly like our uh, if we were Steam Whistles or like Guinness I'd be thinking awful hard about changing any of our recipes even subtly right because right. those are brands that have been built on the integrity of of one thing yes mm -hmm. um and they're much bigger than us of course and ship globally and so and on so multiple forth. sites of production yeah. it's been ironed yeah, out yeah. like it's guinness with their like their yeast strain right that's like you know proprietary yeast strain they don't Close. ship yeah, so yeah. uh i think in that case you're highly protective of the the original sort of recipe and the integrity of that recipe but for us we were coming from a place where we looked at launching this brewery as almost like the it was it was a relaunch of the company so we had new packaging new logo new people i was the only one left um and we're like let's redo this and, and get it back to what we want it to be which by the way is not like a crazy overwhelming trendy east coast like ipa no it's, it's like, very well this is super west coast yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly like like kind of tr more traditional right so i don't get a lot of these and this is fantastic. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like it's come. It's the same thing. Like normally, yeah. like, oh, pills like five years ago. Oh, pills not boring. Yeah. But like West Coast IPA was like, a, give me a palate record. Like I want my tongue to burn off. Yeah. And then now it's all about hazy, fruity, yeah. smooth. And and then it's kind of the pendulum swinging back to that because no one's making these anymore. So when I do <laughs> have them, and they're still yeah. nice and fruity, but it's piney, a little dank. Mm -hmm. And still got Pine. that bitterness, like sweetness in the back. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like there's something yeah. about it that it's like. I appreciate this, you know, because of that pendulum changing. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, we've got trendy stuff. We'll have some trendy stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you go. But <laughs> didn't you guys yeah. do some haze? I swear, like a friend of mine. Yeah, I like didn't bring it over. We'll, I'll, I'll bring some over. It's at the tail end of its life cycle, but we'll bring it over and and uh, we'll see. We'll see what you think. What was it called? Uh, breaking point. Is that the one that Eric was sending? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. Let's get to this, to the beginning of the the company then. Right. Don't have to go through everything, but just like explain that we, we sort of touched on off camera. We're getting too excited and kept yeah. yeah. Um, maybe just some of the elements, sort of like how it started, and then yeah. uh, you know, I guess it's quite an interesting story. Yeah, it's it's a weird meandering story. So as I said, we started a place called Burger Bar. I joined the team, which was just like one 
like I was zero zero one employee <laughs> and I sat at like I literally my first day of work I rolled in and like walked through the restaurant was like my front of house staff and then just like sat down at a table like this that was covered in like prep stuff it was like the back of a restaurant right, right in the right. kitchen and I was like okay I guess I'm gonna like sit here and like set my laptop up and uh, yeah we had the one beer it was Augusta Ale and it was being contracted out and my job was to like fix the social media and like go build a website and then go sell beer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go sell beer now. And I had like no idea what I was doing. Nope. Like I didn't have a license or, or a car. So we had an e-bike, <laughs> like the DUI mobile, which was as embarrassing to drive then as it would be now. I think I, I drove one in Colorado recently. That was yeah. so sick. You just touched the pedal and go, boom. It's, okay. Look, it's fun to drive, but you feel like, you feel like, yeah, you got the big yeah. thing on the back. Good point. It was like a full size scooter, man. It was one of those like, like really legit almost. looking ones, but it was electric. <laughs> So I delivered a lot of beer on that. But anyway, so we, we, the beer just took off like crazy. And so it was like, let's get out of the, the restaurant business, which was, I think, a pain in the ass. And let's just focus purely on beer. We were the Kensington Brewing Company. We knew we needed to have a place here. We wanted to have a place in the market. And mm-hmm. so just coincidentally, this building was being redeveloped. So prior to this, it was like a house, like this weird looking house with a big alien painted on the front of it. Okay. You should find Kansas a photo of it and put it up on the video Ooh. because it's legit like an alien head. But uh, so they're like, we're redeveloping it. And oh yeah, we're just about to make our final plan. So brewery what do you say like how would it work and we, we chatted about it and then just signed the lease agreement doing like only a very small percentage of the homework that we probably should have done right? <laughs> and we're like it'll be fine we'll raise x amount of money and that'll be fine and like it'll all be great and no worries and that was in 2013 ish 2013 the burger bar closed and then we moved down to some temporary offices and we were saying like we would be open late 2014 okay like we were convinced that that was gonna that's happen and uh, yeah, that didn't happen. So for various reasons, uh, construction delays, permitting delays, uh, uh, resources eventually running dry, so running out of money and just basically being kept afloat. Um, I don't even know how at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to a point where by basically 2015, we were, we, were, we were out of business. We were having very serious conversations about, you know, how are we gonna wind the business down? Who gets paid? Who's owed what? We've gotta, you know, tell, we, we really didn't have any more employees at this point. Um, people had kind of gone to do their own thing. I think they saw the writing on the, the wall in that respect. <laughs> and they've all gone to do, do, do great things in the business, and we, we're still on good terms with them. But uh, uh, it was just a dire situation. So we were for real deal, like, we're done. I was like, man, should I be finding the job? What's going on? And uh, then we had some of the very small group of original sort of founding group investors, friends and family. And then a couple of people we had met through those people say, like, look, we see a lot of potential in having a brewery here. And we liked all, they personally liked all of our stuff. So they're like, what's going on? How can we make this work? And I mean, one thing led to another and we ended up getting the financial backing and support we needed. And, and those are the same 12 people we have today. Nice. And that's really the only reason we're here is because we had they this a small her. sort of nucleus of people kind of bail us out and, and tell us to refocus and get back to what we were good at and nice. and uh, provide a lot of sort of guidance and advice through the process. But that that's kind of the business side of it. But yeah, we took forever to get in here. And then even when we did, it was like all sort of last minute scrambling, all new people. It was the same stuff that a lot of new upstart breweries are going to deal with. Of course, yeah. You know, then, then it was the normal delays of like, normal okay, delays. six like months will delays. be yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so right, no, normal, like the brew house was supposed to come, it didn't come. Or like this is supposed to be here, it's not here. Or this broke, or this doesn't fit. Or we realized like this staff person's not going to work out or whatever. Normal stuff. But yeah. it was the, 
uh, it was the um, yeah the sheer existence of the company that was a challenge for for a little while for, now. yeah so for a like year the existential so. crisis for a year <laughs> yeah. that's pretty crazy to actually get <laughs> yeah. through that I mean, yeah. which yeah. was right about when I was signed on right about that's when Johnny right. was like I'm here for my first day of work yeah that's, that's, that's when I moved back from BC to be like alright Johnny quit good. his job in BC flew across the country and we're like so here's the deal <laughs> <laughs> we think we're gonna be okay but technically we're out of business right now <laughs> he's like alright well am I getting paid or not <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone okay. got yeah, mostly there were some d- deferred payments, but but every, everybody was made whole. So that's sick. Yeah, but it, I I think personally, having been through the whole damn thing and seen every part of the business, that it made me, like it made my, made my conviction conviction in the business a lot stronger, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like it gave me an appreciation for how difficult it is to be successful in any business, but yeah. in brewing, right? And also having people like Johnny come on board, and and you know some of our sales reps and stuff come on board after the fact, and still have that sort of be equally passionate about the actual business surviving and thriving was like how hard is that right like yeah. it's, it's great no, it's to have like people. you have to believe is if the yeah. people who are working there and holding the ship yeah. together aren't believing it then it's kind of screwed so, so I'd I, rather have avoided it all but I think it's made us better people probably like no I feel like <laughs> yeah. the adversity uh, you know brings out yeah. uh, great personality traits in everyone and like bond you together if you go through some yeah. shit like you know people come through so then after all of that finally got uh, all the equipment in and started brewing and then you opened in I think you said sorry was it uh, summer 2017 25th of uh, August 2017 2017 yeah. okay so it's like a year and a half now yeah yeah, yeah. gorgeous Crazy. so I, like, I didn't really even look around as we walked in but like it didn't seem like there was a ton of sitting space is, is there did I miss some stuff so we weren't open yet when you walked in and, and all like, of the tables were, were pushed like up. pushed onto the side because we were just opening but uh, it's a 40 person bar and sort of nice. more, more it has more of a tasting room vibe to it like okay. there's seats for all 40 people so uh, when you leave you'll see them I'll see um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah we also have a, a bottle shop which uh, is slowly becoming uh, a bit of a misnomer because we don't really sell a ton of bottles these days that we've transitioned almost all to cans. into cans as you can see here and we'll be almost I think we will be all cans by the end of the year nice. um, if things shake out the way we'd like mm-hmm. um, but yeah you can grab uh, you can grab bottles cans you know, a small selection of merch, glassware, t-shirts, tank tops, hats, nice. shit like that, uh, and take it home with you. And then the full production brewery. So it is a lot of stuff crammed into a very small space. Yeah. It kind of, because we have that big hole in the main floor with the uh, fermentation vessels coming up, uh, that sort of, depending on how you look <clears throat> at it, it's interesting or maybe a bit of a downside that if you're here as a, you know, if you're having a beer, it's kind of loud sometimes. Like you can hear the that brewery operating. Right. Uh, you can smell Actually, the brewery operating. I think, think that's yeah. a that's a positive. That's a positive. As like you know, if you you like beer, brewery, so it's a positive. That's true. <laughs> well, who's coming? Who doesn't like beer? Oh, well, I guess sometimes <laughs> you get dragged along. People One of the first days we were open, somebody was we were like packed, and there was somebody sitting at the bar, and she was like, "What's that smell?" And we were like, "That's the beer being made, like right over there." And she's like, "Ah." Oh. Ew. And her friends were like, "Do you want to leave? Do you want to leave?" And I don't know what they ended up doing. I think they left. I was like. <laughs> It's a brewery. We're like, brewing beer right here, man. It, it smells amazing. It like, was the best um, part. It was hops were going into a uh, hoppy beer. It smelled amazing. Everybody else was loving it, but some people aren't built for the for this game, right? Whatever. She's soft. She's <laughs> gone, and we're better off for that. I gotta grab a glass. Yeah, of water. do it up. Um, okay, that's that's sick. So, I guess now, I mean, that's as far as like the LCBO stuff. What can people get aside from coming here to get the the fire? Where like people can like I think you mentioned there's a couple hundred licensees, 
Yeah, um, crazy. Like from zero to a couple hundred licensees in like a year because our sales team is amazing. We only have two people on the ground in Toronto, only right. in Toronto. So east and so west. East and west. That's, that's, that's crazy territory. It's a big yeah, city. Yeah. Uh, there's like some nine thousand licensees or something in the in Toronto. So wow, wow. we figured we'd start about here. the volumes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of them are like. They're not going to carry our beer, right? They're just yeah, yeah, not so at like all. But, uh, anyway. Hopefully they will, because I feel like in the States, the more I go to the States, the more I'm like, I dare you to find a place that has shit. Yeah. I dare you. Yeah. Whereas in Canada, like, like we're not there yet. Yeah, hit so a bar you go to. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, I personally really, if I was up to me, like, I'm never going anywhere that doesn't have five beer, because mm-hmm. that's what life's all about. But, like, I feel like I'd like to be able to be dragged somewhere. Like yeah. to a sports bar or something, and not just have that typical thing. So you you can though more and more it's happening. Like look at what Duke's Refresher did like four years ago. Now they converted. They were like a old schools like giant uh, like tourist sports bar, right? What's and, the code, sir? Uh, loose Moose and Duke's, Duke's Refresher. So oh, the Loose Moose is joined on like front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would yeah. never go there because it's like, oh man, it's like the pre Blue Jays games crowd. Oh, yeah. I'm a big sports guy, but I felt like there was never a good intersection of like sports and good beer. Mm-hmm. And then like four years ago, this big like it's operated by a company called Surcorp. It's like a big restaurant group, not exactly like a you know indie craft beer type of right, organization. Just took a risk, and they had this amazing GM that somehow convinced them this was a great idea, and they switched their taps over, and they still offer like 25 traditional taps but they've got 25 legit craft breweries all Ontario like legit like us in small companies that's it and now you can go and watch sports and drink actual good beer yeah so I mean uh, there's it's like happening more and more some of our biggest customers are like hotels huh it's like it's always kind of surprising (laughs) when you walk in and like you're like oh damn you got some good stuff like it's uh that's fun more and more we're uh we're doing like a two-month feature at um Sucks because I can't remember the name. Doesn't look very good on me right now. That's okay. Uh, Take your time. We're really happy to be working with Blank Licensee. Uh, oh, Fox on Fox on John. Fox on John. So it's a Fox and Fiddle. Locate. That's as mainstream as they come. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna have a. They're rotating through four of our brands like Tucker Box, Fisheye, Pilsner Nash, I think. In, nice. in a month, uh, in the spring, and then again in the fall. So like, there you go. That's as mainstream as you get. And that's fantastic. That's really like uh, like it's like that's positive for for just for, for craft beer drinkers and in hopefully general, all, in yeah. general and the scene though that those type of restaurants are, uh, are open to doing it maybe they, maybe they, I wonder if the consumers are demanding it like because I feel like the person who goes into a fox and fiddle you know what you get yourself into right like you know what's yeah. up so like I wonder if it's the consumers are doing it or if it's like the bar, the person in charge of buying right. is maybe. I guess their job is to know what's up, you know? And, and people, I notice that in beer in general, people are like hella proud of the beer from their city. Like wherever you, wherever you go, <coughs> everyone's super proud. So maybe that sort of local pride's kind of kicking in or something. And that's what's, I don't know, it's, I'm curious about that. It's, it's working out. I mean, at, at that level, like decisions aren't getting made without, you know, the, 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 the company overseeing it, right? So they yeah. probably had some decision like, okay, we're gonna give our local, you know, our locations, a tap to play with or two taps to play with. They've got yeah. a sort of... It's probably yeah. coming from above. Yeah. It's like a pilot project. So yeah. Runs. yeah. This is a pilot project, actually. This is how they frame it That's what they're doing us. it? Like, we want to work with you. It's a pilot project. We're going to see how it goes. And huh. and we hope that we, like, sell a shit ton of beer. Not just for us. Uh, of course. But to, to try to move this into a permanent thing and, and show hmm. other locations like that that, hey, you know, Fox this is looking here. Like, why aren't you guys doing it? You're missing out. Right. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's what would happen, though. Because if it's a chain... 
and that is the pilot on something downtown, then the guys in Scarborough, the guys in London, Mississauga, are going to be like, oh, well, this is popping out here. Yeah, I think Jack Astors did a similar thing a couple years ago where they yeah. like really yeah. decided to take a close look at their tap lines and at least cut it in half and start to allocate more space yeah, to crappers and yeah, I, get the big guys in the door. I went to the one on, uh, I can't remember why, like a year ago, the one on uh, <coughs> near the Loose Moose. What's the one, like the Front Street Jacks or whatever it is? Front and, like. Oh, right beside the Loose Moose. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a Jack yeah. Astor's. It's a Jack Astor's yeah. there, and I was, it blew my mind uh, that half the taps as well yeah. were all Ontario taps. I guarantee like, you that they just responded to, to the Loose Moose. Like, oh, that's shit. that's yeah. exactly the point of this, I yeah. guess, what you're trying to say. Like, it, it carries across to those other, other establishments, so it's sort of. And hopefully all the other chains, Moxies and Keg and Milestones and all that stuff. Like, yeah. where I, I remember going to, um, I think it's called Canyons Creek or something. Is that the, is Canyon that Creek? It's like a steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. and I went there. My <laughs> girlfriend's mom loves that spot, and I remember they had like uh, collective arts or something there. Yeah. Like this was like a couple yeah. of years ago. Like when I first, like probably like four or five years ago, and that was that blew my mind. Right. So I'm hoping that that all that's good. I like that. Let's go another beer. What are we doing, fellas? Sure. Uh, let's move it. Maybe to something sour for a little bit. Oh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I'm not scared. All right, I'll give you the Tucker Box here. Tucker me up. Do you know a Tucker Box is a very Australian thing? It is. Uh, oh, this yeah. is perfect. Nobody yes. knows what it means. Yeah, can you yes. explain it better than me? Probably not. I went to that, there's this, this famous statue of a dog on a Tucker Box. It's in like rural New South Wales. I went to it, you, you know, it's, all, it's like, it's tiny, it's mad small. I thought it was gonna be huge. You, uh, there you go. Oh, that's, that's a little that's dog. That's a little dog. That's a little guy. So the he's idea a, was this is this is like a, a light. Oh, wait, this is this is something we make year round, right? And it's a lighter, easier going uh, kettle sour. So a lot of kettle sours, including Ooh. some other, you know, some other brands we make, are like tear your face off sour. <laughs> is this is gonna, not that. This is supposed to be kind of like the sessionable, like gateway sour, if you can call it that. And it's called, why did you say farmhouse ale? Oh, I gave him a can. They're good. Why don't you? Why don't you farm, farmhouse is, is a. It's such an interesting, like, general it's term, kind of, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a catch all. Right? Yeah. Or, uh, kind of Belgian American sour. Um, so, yeah, we found that was, like, the best way to sort of classify it because we wanted a sour that wasn't too tart. Um, and this one's a little bit different from others. Uh, there's some more traditional hops to it with a little bit of a New World hop as well. I love it. Um, it's an interesting one too. Like this is pouring pretty clear, but this is one beer where with our cans and with our kegs, we recommend storing upside down for about five minutes beforehand. Okay. Because there's some drop out that will never drop in the tank, but when you put it in the can, it actually, uh, it adds a really nice flavor to it. Is it Gives it a little bit more haze. Yeah. Yeah. It's some of the yeast that drops out on it, but it's, it's a little bit similar to like what you might get with um, like a Weiss beer where it recommends you roll it beforehand. Mm. Yeah, we this didn't is... adhere to our own instructions here. We just no. like ripped it. Open. Like ripped yeah. it. You know what? That's how we do yeah. it. You got you got to anticipate it because you can't roll it and then crack it <laughs> yeah. that next second. And yeah. it's going to split. Yeah. Why did you uh, call it Taco Box? So it's a light beer. It's a sessional beer. Sessionable beer. It's something you could drink at lunch or with an easy going meal. Mm-hmm. And a Tucker Box is like a lunchbox. And you know why? We, you know, we were trying to come up with a name that was suitable for like, what is something you drink at lunch or with food or whatever? And we had a guy working here who had like interned at a brewery in Australia. So he right. was always dropping Australian terms for stuff randomly yeah. into his, all right. the place. like constantly. And he was like, Tucker Box. And we were like, all right, like, cool, Tucker Box. Because I've noticed both of you have said a few things that were, I would consider Australian things. I think the few things you guys have said, I can't, did you say, when you said suss it out? He used to like, he used to get the Australian pronunciation though. Like he'd say, what well, was Canadian? He's is Canadian. He is like f- full blooded Canadian. But he yeah. would say, there was a couple of things where he'd like, start breaking out the proper, <sighs> like, mm-hmm. 
he wouldn't say like he'd say like Can- Canberra or something or he oh he said Melbourne we're from Melbourne so oh Melbourne say, so like Melbourne. Melbourne like a, you, y'all some some say so like everybody says and they say it, yeah. it's Melbourne yeah he'd say mm-hmm. Mel- Melbourne and everybody else says says Melbourne and the yeah. first time he said it I was like wait, wait a minute what and he's wait like Melbourne me. You gotta say it right. Yeah, you can't right. just come walk right. around there and say that you get like you get. Yeah, yeah. You get shanked, man. I feel like a doofus when I do that, though. Nah, you know nah, what nah, I mean? Nah. If I, yeah. Do you know what it's like? It's like living in Montreal, and all of a sudden you're talking to an anglophone, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, you just go down, stay long, and they'll go bust out in the French and shit." I'm like, whoa, whoa, relax. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's how I feel when I say yeah. Melbourne. Nah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to. That's Anyways, all right. Yeah. We you guys, the official Australian. Official. We, we've approved it. Granted me approval for that. Yeah. I wish I had a flag right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody ripoff. That's great. I think uh, other reason it was Tucker Box. We um, early on we a lot of the beer names we kind of wanted to tie back into food concepts, food ideas, just being in Kensington Market. Wow. And the first beer we brewed was we called uh, Gamel, Gamel, which was pretty much it's a French term for lunch pill, lunch box. That's yeah. cool. So, oh, we, so uh, yeah, we, similar type of beer. Yeah, uh, that was like a, that was a Belgian grisette, that one. Ooh, grisette. We opened in the middle of summer. Well, we were started brewing in the middle of summer, so we were like, all of our beers were like this color and right. like very light. <laughs> and then Blog To came in and did a little review of our, you know, and shot a video of our opening that they do for every new place. And uh, the, the copy was like, all of their beers are mostly yellow and fizzy. And I was just like, oh, oh man, come on. Like, come on. And they also said that, uh, that there are a fun, there are a few funny issues with that, with that review that caused problems for our staff. Yeah. I think we, we, were like, o- we offered free popcorn for a month just because they advertised we, it. We were like given away. Like, it was like, hey, we just opened. Like, have a little tiny bowl of like popcorn, popcorn that we got the Kensington Popcorn, or Toronto Popcorn Company just down the street here. But they put in their article, which was viewed by like thousands of people, that you get free. They're like the brewery with free popcorn. Like, it was uh. positioned as the thing that we do. And so we're like, all right, we're giving free popcorn out for a month. For a month. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's become, for some reason, it's become a thing in breweries. We were just at uh, another brewery in Newmarket a couple of days ago, and they had uh, a popcorn machine. I hadn't seen, I feel like I see it more in the States than here. Mm-hmm. Then you want to give people something. So you're supposed to give people something. Yeah. But you're like, I, we I, don't I, have a kitchen. Yeah, so. you're restricted because of the tap room, right? I think tap rooms yeah. tend to do it. Yeah. We're, sure we're a restaurant. This is, if you can believe it or not. It was this, a restaurant. It is a restaurant. No, this is... This is technically a eating establishment. Under a yeah, under our so permit. So you could have a if you had a kitchen, you could. Yeah. So we we do serve some food here. So we have like stuff from Sanigans, which is a butcher just down the five minutes away. We do like uh, you know beef and chicken pepperettes. We do like a th- uh, three oh, dip nice. nacho thing. It's like little nice. snacks. Yeah. We used to have more pop ups in here, but it just didn't really work that well. So we don't do a lot of pop ups anymore. Summer at the front. Yeah, we're uh, going for a patio this summer. Do you so, know me do a patio? Because look at this. No. No? We tried. <laughs> we, that was, that was the intent, but uh, as I've, dis- I've become sort of well-versed in bylaw as it, as it <laughs> pertains to patios. And uh, yeah, this is the, unfortunately, just because of the design of the building, there's a whole bunch of weird limitations. So we've been right. fighting, fighting, fighting for it, spending a lot of money dealing with our city councilor and Ministry of Licensing and Standards. But it's looking like we're going to have a small, pathetic, small patio <laughs> hey. next summer. But hey, it's better any than patio is a, Any patio is a patio. Yeah, everyone it's wants a patio here. Oh, totally. As soon as it hits like April and it's like plus five, bam. <laughs> yeah. Canadians are out there. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the most fascinating thing. Even in Montreal, like we were talking about it before, like people are like, once it's like that, like in the park, boom, they're out there. Boom. Yeah, gone. shorts. Sunbathing. Also, shorts guy way too late into the season. Yeah. He's like, it's not cold, and it's like four degrees, and he's walking around with like shorts, flip flops, shorts, and <laughs> like thong sandals. Yeah, you're like, what are you doing? You're like, man? bro, like, what are you trying to prove? 
I find it's like even funny. I see it even more in Montreal than here because it's colder. There's something in the so blood. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And they're like, dude, like, I see people, mostly mostly guys, just rocking like maybe the, a light jacket open, maybe like, <laughs> you know, like maybe like a long sleeve sweater like that, no scarf, just minus 25, just yeah. chilling. Like, I'm not cold. I, I'm not cold. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But, but I think they are good. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what, what your blood makeup is, but I want some of that. Like, it make my life a lot easier. The thing with patios is like, you know, if you live in a cold climate, Toronto's this weird bubble where it doesn't seem to snow or be as cold as like everywhere no, else. But the lake effect, I believe. Yeah, um, it's just it sucks though. Even if it's not like minus twenty, like it is in Montreal. Even even if it's like zero, it sucks. And the, the people winter. hate the winter, and it's miserable and it's dark all the time. Yes. So when it, when there's just that like little ray of sunshine, and you have that one sort of prematurely warm day yeah. in spring, you're just like. Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> I, can I swear? Sorry. No, it's okay. You're not a shit. You can say whatever Sorry. the fuck you want. So, so you roll out and you maybe push your limits a little bit. But that's why everyone loves the patios because, like, it sucks. Winter sucks. Yeah, no one likes it. No, well, I find that we live next to Montreal, like the mountain. And I see people all the time walking around with, like, skis. Like, they go cross-country skiing on the roof. Like, the inappropriately cold days yeah. like they're just chilling like that and I don't understand I don't know why people do that it's very like some people I think Toronto people hate it you got the haze there yeah, you got like the that. end of the can yeah. haze Ooh. sorry to interrupt it gets a bit <laughs> no it's alright it gets a bit chewy I like that right. I like that chewy that's what I want. yeah good do we have any in tank right now I can't read yeah. You have some. Did he empty all of it yet? No, no, still there. You guys should have some. Can I like jet down there? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Or just yeah. shout at Chris and he'll grab it for him. Actually, yeah. Good old Chris. I'm gonna say Chris. Oi. Also, also if he wants to escape and get out of the basement. <laughs> the uh, the photographer at the Scott's wedding that they called me Steve randomly. I like that. She just picked a random white guy. Oh, Steve. Said, hey, Steve, can you? I'm like Steve works. <laughs> I'll run with Steve. Fifty fifty. <laughs> You like that, right? Do you reckon like a Steve? Could I be a Steve? Oh, you can pass for a Steve. Yeah, yeah. everyone knows a few yeah. Steves. Everyone knows a few. Any of the Bible names, you should be solid. Do you know the funny thing? Me and uh, Tiff one time, I was like, go through my phone, search for Steve. It's still Steve. And like, there's like 15. I was like, search for Andrew. Search for David. Search for Michael. There's like, yeah, all of them. It's so funny. John. 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 Add that to it. True. Like, it's J-O and J-O. H and there's a million of them. Just J-O. You'll see him. It's like, just a fun game. Play that at home, guys. No, I love it, man. This is great. Uh, this is fantastic. I like that you guys are doing the sours. Are these? I didn't even look what these were. Are these also like more hectic, um, big IPAs? That one's a black IPA. Oh, nice. And so this one is our uh, it's our first barrel aged beer we released. Nice. So uh, we did a beer probably early fall last year that was sort of like a, a bit of a take on like an Ode Brune or like a Flanders Red, kind nice. of in between that two, and we aged okay. it on cherries. Um, so we, yeah, we set aside, we have a little bit of space out there where we can stack a few barrels. So pretty much our barrel project is that, Was that, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, I didn't that see one, That one tower you yeah. see out there. Um, I gotta stare around afterwards. Yeah, so we brewed it again this year and uh, we took the barrel aged version, used about three quarters of that, blended it with about a quarter fresh, and that's what's in the bottles oh, I here. I love that stuff, nice. So uh, yeah, we're gonna try that pretty soon. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, what is this? Uh, this mic brought by, this is uh, Convergence. So this is a, a series that we do as well. Um, pretty much every time we release it, the, there's a different sort of assortment of fruits in it. The yes. first one we did was just a dry hop, and then we, I think we did a blackberry, and yes. it went over shockingly well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. Sour. yeah, sour. More sour than the Tucker Box, so for people who tend to want something like actually, like really tart, mouth puckering, anything we seem to do, there's always someone who wants it tartar. 
Um, but, you can't win. Yeah, yeah. I, I like a bit of balance to them. I feel like but. it's good. You gotta like are the um, is the barrel age one more like buckering than the uh, the tugboat? Um, this year's barrel aged yeah. one. Um, the new road's fresh right now. Is more tart. Last year's one less so, so that's yeah, probably closer chill. to the Tucker box. Right, yeah, some chill. acidity, but it's not overflow. Yeah, overpowering. Okay, I love that. That's the that's the haze, the hazy IPA. Damn yeah. No, uh, this is um, Tucker oh, box. That's Tucker box, like straight out, right out of a bright tank. Ooh. And the the dry hopping's been changed a little bit, and it's uh, it's nice. Oh, I love that. So much uh, hazier. So you can mm -hmm. see the difference between the... Uh, yeah, and that's been aging in tank for six to eight weeks. Right. It's one of these things where it will not drop out as it sits in the tank, but as soon as you put it in the can, give it a day that's, or two, that's and you'll get down. some separation. But yeah, when it looks like that, that's when it tastes the best. We head. Is this carbonated? So yep. that's right of a bright tank, and this wonderful wow. thing happens where you, in bright tanks, you get this like really soft, awesome, thick, yeah. foamy kind of head and carbonation. It's almost like a nitro head. It's like yep. really tiny, wow. dense yeah. bubbles. That is sick. Yeah. I can see, I mm -hmm. see what you're saying. I, like, I guess, like you said, if you get, <laughs> yeah. look, at them, look at them side by side, damn. Yeah. It's like, could be, I'm, I don't really, I feel like you don't see too many, uh, I guess sometimes if they're fruited, sometimes yeah. you see the sours like that, or is it mm -hmm. like the yeast protein or the hot protein? This one, it's the yeast strain <laughs> for yeast that. Strain? So uh, it's one of the beers that we brew where we just, we bring in a fresh pitch every time. We're not recropping or reusing it. Right. Um, so and it's, um, it yeah, it's a distinct yeast strain where about maybe three years ago, mm -hmm. uh, one of the big yeast banks, there's a couple in the States. Now there's maybe about five or six. Right. But um, for the longest time, they sold it as Brett. They, they thought it was Brett. Oh, yeah. um, and then they realized once they started doing some genome sequencing, they're like, okay, this is actually Saccharomyces. It's a standard brewer's yeast. It's right. just very different. Okay. Um, so they've since rebranded it. So this one's, I think, uh, they call it Brett Vray. Um, okay. Or the other one's Brett Vray, like True Brett. By True Brett, yeah, French. Yeah. yeah. And this one's called, um, yeah, Sac, Sac Twa, Sac Brett. Oh, Sac Twa, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. So uh, it's safe to use in the brew house. It works nicely for us because we don't, we have one packaging route for the most part. Um, we don't really want to sort of cross-contaminate anything, so Close. we got a lot of that kind of bright pineapple, those tropical flavors. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, less risk to our process. Um, but yeah, one characteristic of it is a lot of the flavors in the yeast and it doesn't drop out. Right. For the most part. Holds it up. That looks sad. I didn't know that about the, the bright tank, that it makes that hit. I don't think I've seen that. I think it's mostly because you're, I'm pouring it out of like a sample port that obviously is going to agitate the shit out of it so it's, right. it's pouring so it this like it really yeah super smooth. it's like nitro mm -hmm. it does yeah. like you could literally take that exact beer and you just could, go into a can and the yeah. carb would not be like that it's right yeah. it's just how it's being mm -hmm. dispensed mostly right yeah let's see about that this is the convergence sorry so this is a is it i'm sorry dry hop sour as well yep yeah dry yep. hop fruited sour which fruit is in this one uh this one we have right now this is Black currant plum, and black currant. plum. Yeah. yeah. Plum black currant? Right. Plum and black currant. You know I got to get the flavor. <coughs> Do you want some of this one? Yeah. Oh, let's get some there. We run out of glasses here. We've got four more over here. Oh, all right. Yeah, so Five this one, four. have you guys already chatted about the whole convergence thing? Uh, nope. I did oh, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, touch, we touched on it. Let's, uh, so this has turned into our, Love you. I think, Wow, we're our most popular sour for sure. Yeah, and we basically just wrote. I mean, the idea is a convergence a of like odd flavors that you wouldn't have uh, figured would taste lovely is it together. Plum blackberry, black, black currant. currant is this one, and and plum. Cassis. All right, love it. 
But uh, yeah, so it ended, it ended up, it's turned into, evolved into this kind of like recurring sour beer series that we fruit with whatever is, sounds like it'll be good. So um, the, the one in tank right now is uh, <clears throat> orange, zest, blueberry, and cranberry. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Good comeback. <laughs> a good memory. The next one is, is I think, the best one. And we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go over, like, just overkill with the strawberry. But a strawberry rhubarb. And uh, and that'll, that'll bring us into spring. So people are prematurely on the patio. That's when they're going to That's have. what you want. <laughs> In the show notes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right, boys. You know the joke. Love it. Thank you for in, in, uh, enabling my ridiculousness. Okay. So it's a dry hop sale. What's the uh, ABV on this one? Approximately. That's only about 5.2. Five 5.2. Two. Five two. I think low fives. I think they're yeah, all kind of around the low fives. Yeah. I'll check on tap. I guess that's generally quite accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you <Very>. serious? <laughs> no. It depends. Untapped has taken on like a mind of its own. We, yeah, I used yeah. to like go on there and I still periodically do obviously to check stuff, but it got so like unruly yeah. that I was like, you know what? Just let the universe take care of it. I get rid do of the truly ever, egregious things, but you don't, uh, do you guys manage the, up, up, what's the word? Like I guess you like register the every so sometimes beer. yes but sometimes it's crazy I'll be like okay time to go put that beer on and then there's like 20 check-ins already and I'm like well it's on there now <laughs> <laughs> yeah people are yeah people are a bit weird I feel yes. people uh, are uh, very much inclined to let you know how they feel about uh on the internet for on the sure. internet for yeah. sure in person yeah. like maybe not so much people are nice though like we like just this weekend and I'm not making this up I sent the email around to you guys today so everybody knows but uh, we got and this happens like somewhat regularly we got an email that was just like hey I'm from Niagara Falls uh, never really heard of you guys but I was in the area so we stopped in the brewery couldn't stay but we just grabbed some balls to go and loved the person that helped us out and got the beer home and they ordered they got a four pack of fish eye and they were like this is the greatest IPA we've ever had it's so amazing so you do get like really nice feedback right. pretty, pretty regularly which is great but it's this goes back to what I was doing before the brewery business it's always it's way harder to get people to write nice stuff about you and feel positive about you and give you that great feedback uh, much easier when people are pissed they're like motivated to go and tell to the like, universe how crappy suck. you are yeah. and like you know, the whole so family yeah. is. Like, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, so, yeah, we we definitely get like we definitely get reviews and stuff from like the only reviews that piss me off um, are the ones that are like don't normally drink hoppy beers. This one's so bitter, half star. <laughs> and I'm like, basic. Like you don't, you don't drink them. Why are you so, reviewing you it? You don't even know if it's bad. Yeah, I really hate yeah, pickup I trucks, uh, and I drove one and I hated it. Yeah, so. 0.5 out of 5 yeah. stars. Like, it makes no sense to me. It's like, so dumb. <laughs> no. I don't know why people feel that with beer, that it's okay to be that honest to the level of ridiculousness or disrespect. I don't know why, yeah. like, for something about beer, maybe because they're drunk and they get that, cu- that courage or something. Like, it's anonymous. It's, it's, right? Yeah, and it's, well, is it totally anonymous? If they're checking it on tap, they're still there and it usually links to That's their, true. like, Instagram or whatever else. Like, <laughs> right. we can see you. I just don't yeah. know why that people feel like that, that they can be like people don't put themselves in, in the, maybe we're like privileged because we get to speak to guys like yourselves who like yeah. actually like build this thing with, with all your energy like and, and a lot of people we speak to are putting their money up and all their, all their time and their families like everything's staked on this place Yeah. so like how can you really like be, be like, like trash would be when you look in the person in the eyes who made it 
like, yeah. I get it. You know what? It's not for. I always, I'm like, super cautious with that. I never. People like sometimes right. give me shit because I don't. They go, oh, man, like, yeah. You talk to the people, you kiss their. I'm like, nah. Like, I like I don't drink shit beer because I talk to the good breweries. I just don't fuck right. around. But also, if I don't like a beer, it doesn't mean everybody else will like a beer. And I find that like maybe people who are just doing it for the sake of it maybe don't feel that level of responsibility but I feel yeah. like I go and trash something which is very rare um, it'd be really because it's a bad product but yeah. I'd, I'd still I'd rather just be like hey man like, maybe you might have had a that's, problem with that's this that's normally what happens like usually if someone DM you and be like yeah, yeah like, man I think this cam was kind of off yeah like we we don't get a lot of that thankfully um, but I think it, it's sort of especially when it comes to sort of the beer media like loosely call the sort of sphere of like For you, everything you guys blogs to, bloggers yeah, social yeah. media people if they really don't like something they usually just won't review it um, which isn't which frankly it's isn't up. it's respectful to yes. the people who've produced it because it's acknowledging that they have a that they could impact this company or, or whoever's producing this however it doesn't really help us unless we get the feedback yeah so we we seek feedback so we do you know internal sort of QC reviews of our own stuff um, we encourage everyone to, well, they're all blind tastings, but we encourage people to be open and honest about it. We have had a couple of sessions where we just invite people to come in and drink beer, and they love it because they're drinking beer. Right. And we, we, we compile the information and see what do people actually think about it and uh, how does it taste, what do they like about the branding, even the description on the can, does it make sense for them? So we do all this stuff to try to get, you know, objective data cool. to Never understand, like, how we can improve the product. But hmm. we take it really seriously, and yeah. sometimes what you're describing can actually be a barrier to us like making a change or needing to make an improvement. So we like, right. we own, we own our fuck ups. We, you know, we own if the product isn't as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. And, and typically we really try to be transparent about, about things. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it is a difficult, you know, for someone who's in, in the, you know, across the table on your side of the business, it's like, needs to be an appreciation f- uh, for how your words can impact somebody's livelihood. <laughs> but the Very private feedback is always, is always, always welcome. Always welcome, yeah. I find that, I absolutely agree with yeah. that because I find that if uh, the brewers are the most uh, critical people of their own product. I've never, every time I've had so many times a brewer has been like, oh, I'm going to make this better. Like, the next version. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm going to tweak this and tweak. Like, everyone's already yeah. shitting on them, their own beer before I even drink it. Yeah, yeah. It's chill. It's okay. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, I find that the, yeah, the brewers are never like, oh, come on, man. Like, like, they're not defensive at all if you ever give feedback. Um, just the dumb shit. It's just the dumb shit that pisses me off. No, it's totally. like, the, I don't drink IPAs, and this one's definitely an IPA. I hate it. Point yeah. five. Then I just feel like. The, the thing, because some yeah. people, I know some people who won't drink a beer based on an untapped uh, rating. Yeah. And like if you drink, it's just like an Uber rating. If you if you like order an Uber for you and you go fuck up my rating, yeah. like they're not going to pick me up because if they go and give you one star and I've got 4.92, like you're going to drop my shit down by a whole star <laughs> and then they're not going to pick me up. It's the same thing. Like someone yeah, goes yeah. and gives you a 0.5 rating on a beer that has like in the fours, yeah. it's going to like really seriously affect it. So I, I was frustrated. The bar, we have, so Google reviews, right? We have anybody types in Kensington Brewing Company, Google page, right? Like you uh, can't delete that shit. It's a really critical tool as a business to, to have that. And it's important that you have a, a, I mean, what do you do when you're checking out a place you've never been to? Google, boom, what are the reviews? Like bingo, bango. That's yeah. how the decisions are made. Yep, sometimes too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have like, we have a 4.6 out of 5 on our Google page, which is great. Absolutely great. Um, But we have a couple of reviews there that are horse shit. 
and like I've read through them and I read through every single one and I respond to most of them uh, and if it's ever even a whiff of negativity I'm like that sucks please email me like I put my email address out there I'm like yeah. get in touch with me let's fix it and yeah. usually uh, if people respond at all um, you can like sort it out and bitch. it's totally cool and yeah. there's an acknowledgement if we made a mistake if they misunderstood whatever whatever but there have been a few that are like still lingering up there and it's complete and utter garbage and yeah. it was you know what I mean so that that is a total like that's a bummer or people being like leaving a Google review but being like didn't didn't like Augusta Ale and I'm like what this isn't untapped man that was you haven't had that beer for four years like, what are you doing I don't know why people yeah. feel like they can do that Keyboard warriors. Uh, yeah, keyboard yeah, yeah. warriors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, because like uh, we were talking earlier, I own a social media agency, y'all know. Yeah. And like, we have some restaurant, like, fa- like restaurants here in Toronto that we run. And sometimes people just want attention yeah. and they'll just get mad about something. Like, oh my God, that's terrible. Please, you know, let's fix this, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll just keep going back and go harder and go harder and post photos and try and retweet it and tag other people. I'm like, relax. Like, what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. need a hug? Like, are you okay? <laughs> I feel like a lot of people just like need a hug. Like, some people just like to bitch on social for attention. Okay. I don't, I don't find it as much with beer, but like, yeah. that's a great example of like, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I think luckily for the scene, it's the minority. Most yeah. people, yeah, yeah. most people everywhere are pretty positive and, uh, you know, just want to drink good beer and talk to other people who like good beer. And, right. uh, you know, mm-hmm. but we got to acknowledge that stuff. Um, which one do you want to do next? Oh man, what do you think? Black black market? Uh, maybe just finish off the sours. Oh, go with the, the watermelon. Uh, the, uh, the which other sour do we have? Oh, oh, oh this one. Go with the new barrel aged thing. Oh, oh, watch this. Uh-oh. Oh no. Oh, oh no. you got it. You got it. You got it. I have a. I have one in my bag. Who's somebody in this room has to have? I absolutely. One. I keep one on my keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I got it. You know what? Oh, you got it. You got it. Yep. There he is. There he is. That's why he's strapped. Popular at parties. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is the uh, barrel aid stuff, eh? Yeah, this is our first. Johnny, you, you, you go into it. This has been your. Invention. Yeah. Um, I should give a bit of a rundown when you were away, but um, I'm trying to think if I left anything out of this one. Uh, yeah, so it's a blend of the barrel aged version that we had for about a year, sitting in uh, Niagara red wine barrels, and oh, the other. Cor- Do you know who? Not fielding. It was uh, Henry of Helen. Henry of oh, Helen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Keep it uh, local. Yeah. So we uh, aged three quarters of it in that, and the other parts just a fresh mound of the new batch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this year's batch is a bit more cherry than the first one, so it's kind of interesting because we pretty much have like, like three that? different versions of this beer right now. There's the barrel aged version. There's the fresh version, and the blend of the two. They're all very distinct. Totally different. So this is the 2017 or the 2018? This is the 2017 version of the beer that we aged in a red wine barrel for 11 months. New roads. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Also one of the first of our bottles to have a proper label. Oh yeah? I like yeah. it. It's very uh, classy. Yeah, I wanted something a little bit different from the other brands. I'll probably show you this is the 2017. Just want to make sure I, I include it right on untapped. <laughs> I'm going to give it a wonderful rating. Five stars. Hashtag brewery shield. All right. <laughs> you know some people actually said that to us? Like someone fuck was fuckwit on Twitter. 
code us shields because they, yeah. you, know, you get free beer and you're like shut the fuck up you really think we're spending all this time making content <laughs> it, it, it is a it's a I can't stand that I, I've it's done crazy. so I've done the type of work that you guys so you do get the both sides in a different business entirely right. so I know what it's like to be sitting on the other side and, and be like okay well I'm kind of I have a benefit here obviously we're hanging out we're drinking beer yeah, but like yeah. The whole point of being, you know, th- there is some degree of like journalistic integrity that comes into mind, right? So I, ha- I have a bit of a soft spot for how, how difficult it can be to, to walk. It's a little line. frustrating, yeah. Because like, you're like calling out someone's thought. integrity when you say that. Yeah, and right. I, I, I get yeah. really offended by those. I yeah. like one or two, that's the problem with Twitter, I was telling you earlier. Yeah. That they, they get a bit confident. I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk later. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how I feel. Um, but they, like, I just find that, like, like real, do you really think, like, even not even just us, how long do you think it takes? Like, we sit here for a couple of hours. I'm from another city, drove six hours, or say, if you really want to put it down to it, drove six hours all the way here, rented a car, paid for the gas, sit here for a couple of hours to drink yeah. beer. My girlfriend's going to take two, three hours to edit the video at least. I'm going to take another couple of hours to go and promote it to get what? 10, whatever, a few free beers. Really? Is that what you really think I'm doing? Like, like, Really, is that what you think? Like, you think that's yeah. what we do with our time? Like, yeah, yeah. these people are just like, it's very funny to me. Once again, it's an absolute point whatever percent minority, right. but it's like, when it does happen, it's kind of frustrating. And that's the exact same level of frustration as you have an idiot going and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. giving it a 0.5 uh, star rating. So we all share the same uh, frustrations. Yeah. Let's take a nice photo of positivity. No negativity, it's no none. negativity. Not in this world, damn right. Here, let me get this in there. There you get that in there. Looks like I totally drank it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're behaving yourself, dude. I think I made the same face in all five photos now. I like it. You gotta change. Oh wait, there's gonna be more. Uh, no, it's a, you, know, you know what it, it is that bothers me about it is it's people are questioning your integrity, right? Like they're they're saying, well, you can't like possibly that. have a a objective a perspective on this because you're receiving some you know return for your for your time or whatever because you're getting like two pints of beer that's what I'm saying like what's that worth ten dollars you think yeah. I'm really gonna spend all of those hours that we just added up yeah. for ten dollars a beer that's what I'm saying like like I have a business like the amount that I get per hour is significantly more than that do you think it's really like all of those hours spent and that's what I'm um, like and I, because I attacked back, and he was like, "Oh, this guy's really defensive about his free beer." I'm like, "Fuck you, bro!" Like, <laughs> like I, I got no time for that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's good because once again, it's such a minority. It's such yeah, a few yeah. people that don't understand it. Yeah, I just feel like I guess it's the same as anything as whatever you grow. Exactly, they're gonna hate. It's just a part of anything you do public. Then you got to wear it. Like you got to deal yeah. with it. And it's the same with like yeah. a brewery. You put your your product out there, and maybe you get bold with it or something. And and then there's always gonna be someone trying to say something but yeah. at the end of the day I do find that the vast 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 majority like it's and that's the other thing about beer I find funny like we're just getting drunk dude like Man, why would anyone be upset about anything free entertainment you're listening to a free podcast right or watching a free video and getting that was made at expense to somebody right for your entertainment right relax about it fact exactly yeah. like not even and, and that but like that's a great point to think about it like that as well like no one's paying for shit but also <laughs> that we are all as a community just yeah. drinking beer and talking about yeah. the beer that we're drinking and you know what maybe you don't like lactose that's okay I do but I have people like legitimately like get aggressive to yeah, us yeah. because we like lactose and beer like, that's a weird thing it you know, literally doesn't matter it doesn't matter like, because this, it's none of this matters <laughs> none of it matters <laughs> like beer yeah. Yeah. this is like, like I was telling you earlier this is like my fun side project and yeah. this is interesting to me that the side project had more drama 
than like hip hop. We do hip hop music, and there's a lot of nonsense, macho bullshit in hip hop music yeah, as you can yeah. imagine. And the stuff that I've dealt with in beer, and the this is our fourth year, I guess, of the podcast of actually doing it with a public face, aside from the reviews. Um, I have like 10x the amount of drama really? than I have in anything to do with hip hop, which is a really bad genre for that type of stuff. I just find it interesting. It's just supposed to be fun. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. to um, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't want to like undermine. I think how serious brewers and you know business owners are about what it is that they're doing. Like, there's a lot of effort, and we're very serious about what we do. But at the same time, I think we all are thankful that we wake up in the morning and we're going to our jobs of making beer. (laughs) Yeah, which is like a non-essential thing to have in life, right? Like, it's purely. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we're not saving lives, right? Like, we're we're not like uh, we're not surgeons. We're not providing. uh, We're doing nothing but giving people something fun to do. Exactly, and and absolutely a variety of it. And there's you know. It's just a fun thing to talk about. So it is, it is always interesting that, like, I guess some people don't really have much else going on, so whatever. We are, <laughs> I, we're lucky. We get to hang out with guys like yourselves and talk yeah. about the good shit. This is really great. Um, I'm getting that cherry in there as well. It's, it's a bit, eh? It's a bit to handle. It's, uh, mm. There's a lot going on. Like, you get the cherry, you get the sweetness. Obviously, there's yeah. that kind of oaky wine character going on. It's, like, quite effervescent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, what was the oh, Henry Pelham, right? Henry Pelham, yeah. Uh, and do you know what kind of uh, wine was in these barrels? I think it was wine? just a blend. Yeah. yeah. Red wine barrels, right? So good. Um, I really love as well the um, the collaboration of, uh, particularly within the province, like Ontario breweries with an area like the Niagara wineries. Like, right. we love, love, love that. Like, you know, whether it's Beamsville or Niagara Lake or whatever, it's just, like, that's our favorite wines. Whenever we come to Ontario, we bring right. them on back because there's not as much happening in Quebec with that. Um, and it's very cool that uh, you guys connected with them directly. And yeah, so we we knew Henry Pelham uh, through uh, a sort of another part of the business. We did we had like a we worked with them on sales and distribution for a short period of time. Right. Uh, we we don't have a lot of formal partnerships right now with wineries. I think what the wineries have realized is they've been able to turn what used to be a pain in their ass into a business, into an industry. So right. managing their uh, sort of spent barrels and, and collaborating with breweries has become like something they're no longer, uh, you know, something they plan for and it's a part of their business rather than like, oh, somebody please take like, my barrels. Right. Right. Now we got to like pay for them right. and go down there, right? It's it's uh, the model has changed a bit. But okay. We, As opposed that, to a natural collaboration. Type well, of it, I, sorry, I just mean that it used to be like people were looking to get rid of barrels. So it was Ooh. like, here, here, you want my barrels? Like, mm. like cool, I didn't need them. Like, like, I can't will you come again. and take them for yeah. free? Yeah. Great. They're right. really used and really old. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they may have, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, bugs in them. And yeah, fine, just give it to cool. me, give it to me. Yeah. But, uh, but now they're like, yeah, we're going to charge a bunch of money for it, which is fine, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, Even that market's not like too crazy compared to... No. But it's hard to get them now. Like we, everyone wants we've them. called around for other reasons and they're like, oh no so-and-so got all of them or like yeah. this has gotten like now it's harder, yeah. harder to find whereas before I think we gotta like, start doing yeah. some legwork soon <sighs> yeah but you know we're, we're out of space so. in the winter. Yeah. we're out of space out of space for that so we've got six barrels that and off. that's mm-hmm. already taking up space on the on the floor yeah there's only yeah, something I guess you'd have to like put those like racks in the ceiling or something yeah and then you need a, you need a forklift yeah it's a whole other it's a whole entire thing so if you go to like Bellwoods or like um 
what uh, we were talking about them um, earlier and 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 uh, Jesus, blood brothers Jesus, but, and, you ba- any brewery basically yeah. go to any brewery where they, they have space and yeah. they have like dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of uh, like nickel brook i was thinking of mm-hmm. uh of barrels and they have these big wide-ranging crazy barrel aging programs yeah. where you can blend and have different years and so on and so yeah, forth we don't have the option of doing that could you do that yet. off-site potentially yeah That's but we don't have step i think yeah, yeah yes but even how do you move a barrel full of beer i've right? heard it's kind of stressful yeah mm-hmm. you need forklifts and stuff and then get it up into a truck so it's like there's a whole other yeah. because we don't have a loading bay and a warehouse and space oh, physical yeah. space you get the beer and you have to make it downstairs we have yeah. to make it downstairs we'd have to pull it up the hoist over the and top then, like and, out to and, the and not spill it Mm-hmm. It could be done. Yeah, we could fill it from here. The, the shipping the full barrels is maybe like one part of it. But then, yeah, bringing it back to you almost you want to like it. You almost want to get into a tanker when it's just saying, yeah, bring it back and here. Then pump it downstairs from from a tank or something. Yeah, and tank, all of these steps, the back alley. all yeah. of these steps are just like expense, 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 expense. And, and all of the same, like, this mm-hmm. bottle goes from. Yeah, like, this is already so. This is twelve fifty at our bottle shop. Twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. Let's go with twelve fifty. I mean, that's average. that's pretty reasonable for a barrel yeah. beer. It's been sitting there for a bit. Like, Look around, right? Six fifty mil bottle. I mean, that's that's no, going right. But like, you'd think, hey, it's twelve fifty. Like, you guys are gonna make a killing on that, but not really when you consider the, the time and effort that and attention that was put in the product. So the beer yeah. itself, just out of the gate, is costly to make. Yeah. Like, whoever knew we'd be in an era where the most expensive part of the beer was going to be fruit. <laughs> like, thousands right? of dollars in yeah. fruit. It's insane. Um, and then, uh, it's not a particularly high uh, alcohol content beer. No, it's five, it's six. Not, it's not hoppy, but it's the fruit, and then obviously the, the time the time and the, the labor, like, just for these barrels in our setup, took, yeah. takes, like, forever to get this stuff to get this stuff yeah. going so it ends up being very time consuming I think the people and even in our case like it actually the barrels themselves they take up like what could be four seats year round we're like oh. okay this is actually going to be barrel space right so it's technically costing you money because they we lose be over the table. tons of money no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't look at five dollars a bottle now definitely. we're maxed out yeah, I yeah. would say it doesn't take away space as much as it it reduces our like Flexibility, so we get all of the butts and seats, right? But right. Uh, we didn't go from like forty-five to forty or whatever. We still gotcha, have forty, gotcha, gotcha. but it's still uh, like making it a little. Yeah, it just has it's, like it's... filled our space up and annoyed our front of house staff. Gotcha. Like, hey, now you've got barrels here, and they're like, Ugh. don't touch them. <laughs> yeah, please don't touch. I feel yeah. like the people who purchase these type of products are well aware of the, the uh, you know. Yeah, like people who are like exactly. You're not getting the the coolest live drink is it going to come straight to a barrel aged thing? Like they know yeah. that, like you know what. That's what it costs because you're paying for the time. As long as it's good. If it sucks, then they're never going to come back again. That's actually the risk on you guys, though, because that's actually the funny thing about barrels more so than any of the other tanks Mm -hmm. is that you could be having four barrels, say, then all of a sudden you're finding the blend, like, oh, this is all just not working. And if it doesn't work after (laughs) sitting there for a year, then what? Then Mm -hmm. you just wasted that time and stuff like, and that's the risk that the brewery is taking, which is also probably why (laughs) they are at a higher premium. Yeah, because if it, it might not, I mean, it mostly does, I assume. But I say there's an, there is a chance that uh, yeah, you don't always could package every right? beer you fill. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you might do like oh, need some more time or like because I know you have to. Mm-hmm. I've seen like some uh, pictures of people doing like having those like 
essentially like a tasting, but they're like, yeah, all right, yeah. blending. Like this is like one third, one third, one third, and this one is like through blah blah blah. Like the different varieties of uh, you've exactly got multiple barrels that yeah. you guys did. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was a small amount. It's not even like we had a selection of barrels. Like some places, it's almost like a Solera method where like you're blending barrels. Oh, and you're filling them back up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was very much just like taking. We had a fresh version to play with and the aged version, which then it was just a math is a little bit simpler right. when you're not, you know, no, other versions more extensive many. programs. Yeah. You're, you're blending like four different versions right. uh, all together to find something that works. And that's also like a really nice art. And it's, um, yeah, you see, see a bit more in Belgium where it's just like, yeah, yeah all people focus on is blending. Right. I think, um, the one in Ontario, I think does that is like small pony barrel works. Yeah. I love that. They that almost all, all they focus on is barrels and it's a Strictly large barrels. blending is yeah. basically, the big game, game, right? Yeah, nothing's a single batch. Mm. We went down to uh, Casey in uh, Colorado, and that's their the whole deal, just barrel age stuff. They, for a while, he wasn't even proving his own what. Like, he was just doing it. Look at you, he's handling, handling business. I noticed it was... How open hot so, tank on that? No, so I noticed oh, it was dripping, and then yeah. I was like, time to close the valve, and then I opened it. So as you can tell, I'm an experienced bre- uh, brewer. <laughs> Brew master. People are always like, are you the brewer? And I'm like, no, like, no, no. no. <laughs> like, That's the other smart that guy. Would be, uh, that would be a disaster. <laughs> it's the guy sweating <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a hard job. I've, I've been saying, and Johnny doesn't seem as thrilled about this as I do, but I think it would be funny to just like... Just say okay. See how far you can get in the process of making beer, and I think I would uh, get a. I think I'd like somehow make something happen here. Yeah, no brew house. And then I'd be like, damn it, how do I get it over to this part? And then it would just it would fall. That would fall apart. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the hard part. When you got these switches, you're like, I don't know, what does this do? Mm -hmm. You know what it is. So, and this is what I've come to appreciate. That's like a. I was a sufficient home brewer that I could like make beer, Mm -hmm. and it was not terrible. So I, I understand like the 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 basic sort of framework, technical framework of how beer is made, obviously. Um, uh, but I think what I came to appreciate in working with Johnny is like what, where the value of a brewer really comes in, I think, is two areas. One is recipe development, which gets in sort of inherently linked to the system and how you know the system's going to respond to different input and variables. And on the second, I guess related, is how do you fix problems as they arise? Because like all of the time, problems arise because it's not automated. It's mostly manual. So Johnny will be like, okay, well this number's coming out, so I know that I have to like do this. Or like I ran, the supplier couldn't get me this grain or short ship me this. You know, any number of things that can happen that are out of our control. And if you don't know what you're doing, or you're an inexperienced brewer, or you suck, then you're like, your batch of shit. Right. Whereas if you know what's going on, then you can be like, do, 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 you can and quickly fix it. like adjust yeah. and stuff. You just it's, it's troubleshooting, right? So that's that, really what it is. Yeah. Chemistry and troubleshooting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the brewing is like and you plumbing and physics and, plumbing. and, <laughs> and electrical and, and janitorial. <laughs> yeah, a lot of janitorial. A lot of janitorial. Uh, shocking yeah. amount. A shocking <laughs> right? amount of plumbing issues here. I can imagine. Oh, like, so yeah. the, grain, the grain delivery guy today fixed our broken toilet. So oh. save me the hassle. <laughs> Well, Only the best go. toilets here. Only the best toilets. Yeah. Speaking of toilets, I need to piss like a bitch. What I could do, we could either take a quick break or I can give you my, uh, we're going to start the lightning round. Lightning you guys, round. lightning round is never lightning. I also have to go to the bathroom as well. So. You know what? Should we just take a quick uh, two minute break? All right. We're back in a sec. All right. We're back from a piss break. We're back from a piss break. It was much needed. I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, now we're drinking the Black Market Black IPA. Uh, yeah. Yes, which is a, a yeah. it's a return of a beer that we brewed Oof, nice. like f- 
four years ago or something, I forget. But we brewed okay. this previously, and uh, we wanted to just, um, yeah, bring it back, revive the name, but actually completely, Johnny obviously wasn't involved with us when we brewed it the first time around. Mm -hmm. So completely unique recipe. However, it ended up being exactly like the old ones. So I don't know how that happened, but it's, uh, it's that weird intersection of flavors that probably shouldn't be together. Like you get that like, coffee roasted dark malt character but then you get this like smashing into it with like pine and that like kind of west coast thing so it's pretty dustiness that mm -hmm. like just dries your whole tongue out yeah black IPAs are probably arguably one of the most underrated styles of uh of beer it's one of my favorites yeah and like when it yeah. popped up like five years ago everyone was like really confused and yeah like, what, what is, is like, this yeah on here? can't call this an IPA no it's not at all there's nothing pale about it but um <laughs> yeah no this this like one beer like Pretty much turned out exactly how I wanted it to. I love it. It's nice and creamy. Here we go. Would you have any licorice in one of these bad boys? Uh, I wouldn't personally because I hate anise and yes, black so licorice. Like, yes, the anise. Yeah. But I, I, I have seen it done, and I've had it. I think of like all the black licorice beers I've tried. There are maybe like ten. I think one I like. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I haven't. But had uh, you, you, you do get some like anise sometimes character yes. kind of coming just yeah. from the dark malts. Yeah. Mm. No, this is great. Also, not a fan of beers with like oregano and basil. I don't feel like there's that no, many. No, me. Of you. I am a black licorice, oregano, basil. Like, like Get herbs you me. find in Italian food. I'm just like, so no, 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 no. I don't want a pizza beer. No pizza <laughs> no, man, beer. I'm out. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> no, this is great, man. This has got all the. I just feel like they're so underrated. And when they do, mm. uh, but they also are hit and miss. Yeah. With black IPAs, probably. You can't, because like, they're such a weird mix of flavors. Yeah, I find like if you're making them like really citrusy, like I personally don't like that, like no. it jiving with the malts. Or if you're going like super, super hoppy, then you get a haze and then it just kind of becomes like muddy brown. brown. Mm. Um, Not with these ones. These are kind of going to look like a black lager or something. Mm -hmm. You know what other beer is, is, is sort of polarizing in the way you're describing? Any beer with coffee in it? We Like we've brewed coffee Definitely beers polarizing. before and people are like... We have a lot of people being like, well, how much caffeine is in it? And they're they're legitimately like concerned about the caffeine. And that, oh. when we made it, we were like, what? Like, that's not even a thing we thought about. It's got hardly can... any caffeine in it. Like, what? <laughs> like don't worry about it. Can you test it? it? I'm sure, but like if, if at the time how we produced it, like there was no, we cold pressed it. And it was, there was like the amount of cold pressed liquid we were putting into the coffee. Like there was just, it was a little smattering of coffee character time. it was not uh anyways but uh yeah very polarizing so i've been kind of not super keen on that yeah on coffee stuff that was like a few years back way. though too i think years keen years perceptions way, changed a bit keen keen super aussie keen keen you say keen yeah. i say keen everyone says that's good okay that's a <laughs> strange uh, do you say that do you say keen keen yeah you guys are more strange than you know oh, man, i'm almost see? exactly <laughs> see you know what we had an australian guy working here ryan uh, is that the guy who had came up with different the Australian Tuckabus? guy? Oh, different no, Australian, different guy. Australian guy. Oh, different. No, he's West. actually Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Wes was not Australian, but oh, he was famous. Live now. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. So Ryan was actually from Australia, Australian, yeah. and mm -hmm. lived here and was a bartender, as you guys tend to be. In Can they do anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and he was. Yes. Oh. Resorts, cruise ships, bars. Go to Banff then. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was uh, affable, extremely likable, funny dude. Okay. Who like did a great job, and it sucked when he had to leave. He was like, ah, oh, mate, you know, 
I'm at the end of my. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was like, go now. yeah, he's like, ah, oh, right, yeah, like everything was like. He just was the most Australian person ever, and it was. So, I'd ask him something, and I'd be like, hey, like, uh, you know, did did you did you get here late or whatever? And he'd go, yeah, no, and he'd always yeah, say, nah. yeah. He'd yeah, always nah. say, yeah, he'd say yes before no, and I'd yeah. be like, so was it yes or no? Like I don't know. And he'd be like, oh, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, nah yeah. means no. Yeah, nah means no. Because it's not yeah no, it's yeah nah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I know why, because you want to agree yeah. with someone, right? You want to yeah. align with them. So you're like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> is, is there a flip? Is it nah, yeah? Is there a nah, yeah? I don't think there's a nah, yeah, though. I think it nah, was that. Yeah, yeah. No. You'd say it. It's like, yeah, no. Whatever you mean, whatever you end with. You could start with yeah and end with yeah. But would you say nah, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he was now great. Confused. So, Brian, if you're watching, uh, come back, Brian. Come back, man. Where's he from? What city? That's gonna determine how oh, I feel shit. about him. Why do I not remember? Wow. Yeah. We loved him so much we didn't we never inquired about yeah, his home city. Yeah, everyone's from Sydney. No, it's something like that. Here, let me no, look him up. Oh, I don't have him on Facebook. Sydney's a wonderful too, place right? though. It is great. I love Sydney. Anyways, yeah. he was like like I'm pretty tall. He was like six six or something. He Just was a big bloke. He was a massive, loud dude who was great. Man, we're really talking a lot about him. No, like, good on you, Ryan. You're getting a good, solid uh, spattery here, mate. Ryan Willow. Ryan Willow, on your right. On your ribo. Anyways, I don't know, but whatever. He's, Either way, uh, let's, let's say he's from a good place. Good guy, good place, whatever. I like him. I like Adelaide. Him. Adelaide. Oh, yeah, because of the Grand like Prix. It. We chatted about Adelaide's the Formula 1 race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like Adelaide. Adelaide is underrated. Uh, Adelaide is the Winnipeg of Australia. <laughs> I like Winnipeg, and I really like Adelaide, too. And a lot of Melbournians or Sydneyans would be like, fucking Adelaide. But I think Adelaide's six. Beautiful weather. Winnipeg. Better weather than us. Oh, Winnipeg man. is, Leo. okay, dead ass. I had the best brunch of my entire life Whoa. in Winnipeg. Vehicle. No exaggeration. Winnipeg <laughs> food was amazing. They had some great coffee with coffee snubs, so like really good coffee. Never been. You, never been? No. no. Winnipeg is like like you only need like two, three days tops. You don't need long. Have you been there? Yeah. You've been to Winnipeg. You've been to Calgary? Yeah. Keith's tour. It's took me out. Oh, oh. I'm like classic Canadian where I'm never uh, been anywhere. Sorry, classic from Ontario person who's like been to Kingston like, and back. Been to yeah, been to like Montreal. In Vancouver and, and like Ottawa, nowhere else, <laughs> like no, nowhere, just flying. To be honest, I didn't say Australia. Australia. I'd be nowhere. Yeah, so I feel you. Australia is big. Good. Australia's Australia's as big as the continental United States. I lived in Korea for a year Gangsta. when I was, uh, I was on, like, I was a student, so I was on exchange over there, and we were like, yeah, let's rip down to Australia. Like we're over here, we're over on this side of the world. Yeah, it's gonna be quick. And well, then I looked it up, and it's like oh, fucking eleven hours or oh. something, and then like a thousand dollars to get there. I was like, like, what? Alright, we'll stay in So we went to Philippines instead, which was like halfway. Not even not even half. Probably not even, right? Yeah, it was that like whole sort of region. So it was uh yeah, no. Yeah, that's far away. Yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. You didn't do as fast. That's it, right? You guys are way more strange than you even know it. It makes me proud. Proud. And what we're gonna do now, we're gonna do a lightning round. Lightning round. It's gonna be the slowest lightning round we've ever seen. Ever. I feel all right, first one. What's your guilty pleasure beer? Beer you be Embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd that you enjoy. Oh, fuck blue. About blue? Blue. That's, blue. That's probably my guiltiest. Blue. Fair. Yeah. I, I used to drink, like if I was with the boys and we were just camping, I would just drink like banquet. Banquet also PC. Okay, this is great. The PC <laughs> dark lager that has a shamrock on the top because I could get it at the crappy grocery or so the crappy. 
they probably uh, beer store that's on the way to Mostport where we have this annual camping thing. Right. So, in uh, Ontario? Is that in Ontario? In Ontario, yeah, okay. yeah. So, the P- I never PC tried the PC Dark Yeah. I guess you can't go as much, uh, you can't mess it up as much. No, it is, what it, is. That. it is what it is. what it is. The opposite, beer you would decline under any circumstances. You go to a barbecue, you don't have a six pack of the Vienna Lager, and then someone's like, hey, you want one of these? And you're like, give me. I find Corona is pretty us. ubiquitous in the summertime. Not I feel it? like that I'd maybe avoid. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go for anything else at the bar. Fair. I wouldn't like, I, I don't know, I wouldn't. I think I'm more inclined to not get particularly excited about poorly made craft beers okay. than I am about a selection of like generic off the shelf lagers because I know that those are going to be like consistent, consistent and fine. Right. Whereas sometimes I've had some like wild overreaching like swing for the fence type of beers by unknown small upstart brewery and I'm like, oh man, that's terrible. Right, right. So I don't know, maybe. There's nothing specific. Nothing specific. the dice on that one. No, that's that's a valid. If that's, you get like a growler of risk. some funny thing from like whatever brewery that just started, like no offense, like we probably had some beers like this too, but like uh, that's that's a way bigger risk than a Corona. Is it? Mm-hmm. Right. I feel that even yeah. the skunked uh, yeah. Corona is my guilty pleasure beer. I, just, uh, I feel like it's just I'm least mad at Corona. I would say. <laughs> I guess it's really what it comes down to. What are you like least angry at? Um, what was your gateway beer? What was the beer that I guess you would say Tank House? Tank House. For you? Yeah. I think I said Records Red, Rick Reds before you did say I that came well. up in the combo. Yeah. Which was that? always my go-to if I was at a shitty place. Yeah. You could count on Records or Guinness. I'd be like, ba-boom. Yeah. yeah. You're so right. And I think even now, you can still probably count on those two. Worst case. But as we were saying earlier, if you went to a fucking... <laughs> it'll say on John Street. Yeah. <laughs> you could get some wonderful cancers yeah. and In March of 2019. <laughs> Which is only... This will come out uh, towards the end of January. Okay. So uh, in, in a couple months. Head on down. Um, favorite beer style. So just personally, if you went to a LCBO or a brewery or whatever, what would you, uh, you know, gravitate towards? I mean, like, <laughs> IPA is probably like the generic, generic answer these days. But it's, it's a safe one to get like a good baseline for the brewery. And then you're like, okay. Yeah. Like if you have an IPA and it blows your mind, you're like, all right, then everything else and is probably solid. Would pretty solid. Or something very clean like a Pilsner. <laughs> but I guess it depends how, how settled I'm getting there. Right. Would yeah. you have a particular IPA uh, style, like you know, New England, West Coast, Brute? Black IPA. Uh, Black, r- yeah. Ranges all over. I haven't really quite gone on the Brute bandwagon yet. Yeah. I haven't had one where I was like, holy shit, this is... I had one. John- holy shit. Johnny came back from the Craft Brewers Conference last year or whatever, and he's like, Nashville. we're going to brew a Brute IPA. And I was like, that's a badass idea. How are we going to do that? And then three seconds later, like, like five of them were out like the next month and it was clear yeah. that everybody had been to the, <laughs> the Craft same Brewers Conference. Conference. I was like, ah, oh, we missed it. Whatever. I don't care. I don't think you missed it at all. Because... Uh-huh. There's still like I had the the Muddy York one recently yeah. for New Year's. Did you like it? Was in that. Great. Yeah. My favorite, if you want to be honest, was the Rouge River one. Ridiculous. I had that at Bob's mm. Oktoberfest. Very impressed. Mm. Um, I've had probably like maybe ten or so now. I just, every time I see one, I'm going straight for it. I had a rosé one in Colorado. That's cool. Still that that interesting, actually. Yeah. Even, I'll tell you later who did it, but you can steal that. No one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like it's an interesting style that it's in the point where it could either just die a quick death or it could continue. And you the never thing know, is eh? that no one has tried, I haven't met a single individual who's tried the original one from, I think it was called Social or Society Brewing in uh, San Francisco. 
no one's been there to try the OG. <laughs> so I'm like, no one knows what it's supposed to taste like. So everyone's yeah. just swing, like you said, swinging for the fences. Is like, all right, let's see how it goes. Dry it out. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's an interesting style. At the mm-hmm. very least, uh, it's, it's distinct or a little bit different. Yeah, but I think to to do it even more proper, like a lot of breweries don't have uh, like ones I've seen. They're usually like. They're in regular standard bottles, but like you want like almost like a champagne bottle for I a think beer like that. You need that needs really high carb. Yeah, it needs to feel it. like champagne. It was cool because yeah. on years like my girlfriend had actual champagne and it had this one and it was only slightly different colored, so kind of, and we drank it out of champagne flutes. Mm-hmm. It was like it was it was a nice experience, and I feel like in this day and age, experience is kind of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, for something like that, which once again could come or go. Uh, beautiful. Uh, least favorite beer style doesn't mean you hate it. Maybe just your uh, you could hate it, but just one you maybe be least inclined to reach for. I feel like if this pops up somewhat regularly, but I'm having a hard time thinking of one right now. Like Anything what? with like herbs and stuff, like I already mentioned, like I'm just like, nah, gruits, yeah, gruits, I'm just like, ah, eh. no, I don't really like, I have very little interest. Maybe that's not true. It's it's a cool concept, but like it's the cool. execution of it to me, it's always like, ah. Uh, uh, I like hearing about it, but I'm like, do I yeah. want to drink it? I'm like, that's cool, that's different, but I don't really care about it. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I don't know. Like, my what are some things man. where you're like, let's do this, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, there's got to be some examples of that. I know. Well, like right. a Bali. I know, I know the opposites. Oh. Whenever you want me to smoke something, and I'm like, oh yeah, I keep saying we like more smoke and stuff, and he's like, like no really smoke. resisting no the idea. <laughs> Moderation. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like some, like maybe like three years ago, I really didn't like doubles, but then I transitioned into it. But okay, like Belgian stuff. No, like most Belgian stuff, yes, yeah, just doubles, yeah, like dark pruny. But even that, I've like come around to and now right. love. So, so it's more like like least inclined. Doesn't like it once again. Like yeah. say barley wine would be mine. It's, it's cool, but it's this big, sweet, multi booze bomb. Right? It's something yeah, yeah. barley wine for me is like something I loved. Like especially when I was getting into craft beer, like. Was really interesting. It was interesting back. Then. Yeah, it was interesting. It's new and like, but now I just—it's still good, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's heavy. Like I find it. I have like a cellar full of like old, like really aged barley wines. Like, like there's never a mood or a you time need, like, where I'm like four people to drink yes. it. Like, you can't do anything with that. Yeah. Like fourteen. I, I could in my early twenties. Now I. Now, now I. Now we're old. Yeah. yeah. Happening. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Like where do you like to go for beer? Could be anywhere. Could be Toronto. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've been to a couple states, like Oregon, of course. Target, yeah, why not? Fire, yeah. Um, love that. Haven't traveled much outside of Canada, the U.S. for beer, so uh, aspiration, but can't talk to that. Let's say Oregon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Ontario is legitimately awesome. It, re- it like, really is. Legitimately I love it. awesome. I love it. Uh, I'm not saying that as like a more people than you think would say their own uh, area because it's. Mm-hmm. It's fine. There's there's hundreds of options, and in in the city of Toronto alone, there's I think some breweries that are leading the charge at least nationally and compete with some of the best from the states. But I mean California, right? California, been to Portland before, amazing. I mean anywhere, any big city in the states, like even northeastern, obviously like New York City, you're gonna find a huge selection of amazing beer bars and great breweries. I haven't done the like Hill Farmstead pilgrimage or anything but I've been to California a lot and that's always like the, the selection's insane it's so like pedestrian there that you yeah, you know like, what I mean? you go into like a random everywhere. family pizza restaurant and there's like an incredible the craziest shit yeah yeah it's so hard to navigate to mm-hmm. those scenes because like not even being familiar with the brands but also it's like 
200 things, 200 brands that you don't know any of them. And it's like, I know that feeling. Even like when I first went to like Niagara for the brewing program, we'd start making trips to Buffalo and that was like the first like (laughs) eye-opening experience. You're like, you go from like feeling like, I don't know, like big fish, small pond kind of thing, but like you feel like you know, and then you go over there and you're like, I, how do I navigate this store? None of these brands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I went to the Craft Brewers Conference in like 2013 or something, and it was in Washington. And that was a wicked trip. But um, we went to like, you know, there's takeovers everywhere and stuff. And we went to this one bar and they had 36 taps or something like that, which was crazy at the time. Right, right. All of them were sours for this event. And I was like, yeah. what even is a sour? <laughs> like there was like none, none of them in, in uh, you know, in Toronto at that time. time. Like yeah. maybe a few, but, and I got viciously like hungover. And I remember like just waking Sounds up the nice. next morning, I missed the like welcome reception because <laughs> I was just like, and then like made it for noon or whatever. But, and it was just like sour beer. Or, like, yeah. It was, uh, Particularly not used to it. The way yeah. it messes with that, that acidity, uh, like pH level. It's it's mixing. Flora. Not a good, not a good yeah. scene. But not good yeah. at all. Uh, I love it. First beer you ever brewed. I guess that applies to both of you because you've done home brewing too. Uh, it was out of a Sam Caligioni. Oh, like uh, learn to brew book it was like a brown sugar it was like a brown ale with like brown sugar in it with some yeah yeah it was like a extract kit that was like page one of this learn how to brew by the guy who started dogfish head sam is the man it's probably out here like i brought a lot yeah. of my brewing books over here but yeah was it with the garbage yeah, but I mean, it was like you could drink it. It wasn't drinkable, but hot it was like it was extract, so it had that weird like twanginess to it. And extract beers are like always doesn't matter; they always end up the same color somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was brewing it on like a actually no wait that one did I do on the stovetop? I can't remember. Anyways, it was it was a weird dogfish head thing. Okay, yeah, I love it. Uh, I think my first beer I brewed was probably like four or five months into a brewing program. So I never actually even brewed like before going oh, really? into it. No, well, never, never. Like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm done. Didn't know anything about how to do it before I actually got into the program. Just knew I liked beer. That's pretty cool. Um, and I, yeah, I brewed in my apartment with like I didn't want to do. A, I probably took five months because I didn't want to like jump into it. So I like wait till I like, got like a proper kit. Um, I think I even got a grant from the school for it. So I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna allocate this money to. Right. And uh, probably quite illegally brewed it like on the sixth floor of my balcony. Nice. With this, like a turkey pot burner and all that. Oh, you that. had the burner so, on your on your balcony. Oh yeah, yeah. At, at, at any moment, ready to like overflow on everyone beneath me. Yeah, it would have been worth it. Yeah, I think I call this six floor saison. Wow, and, uh, <laughs> I had a name for it. Yeah, there you I go. You just need an Instagram feed, dude, and some t-shirts, and you've got a brewery. Bad done. Yeah, yeah. Done. And that, that was probably biting off too much to begin with. Because I think um, my partner then worked at a winery, so we got fresh grape must as well. Ooh. So it was, uh, ready to time. That's yeah. a, I've been saying grape must. That's one of these things that I've been talking about, and you're like. Just he's gonna forget about it someday. <laughs> now I've remembered. Now you, Great now, now you screwed, bro. You messed it up. <laughs> um, favorite or least favorite styles to brew? Uh, for me, I'll probably the the kettle sours. I think I think the kettle sours. I lo- I love the finished product, uh, but p- planning wise, they are so frustrating. <laughs> Pain the ass. And take so much longer. Yeah. To do like a triple batch of like a regular beer will take me a day and a half. For a kettle sour, it's like. You plan for four days, and all of a sudden you're here on your weekend, and it's day six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are just a lot more. Takes yeah, a little bit more unpredictable, but end product ends up being worth it. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you have the time for it in the winter, great. In the summertime, when it's like, like come on, crank it out, crank it out. Yeah. Not so fun. Yeah, maybe less so. 
Okay. Do you have a uh, favorite or what? It doesn't really apply. Action. No. Just Johnny. I get, usually the kettle sours. I'm starting to like have a meltdown because I'm like, what's taking like this? Yeah, what's taking so long, Johnny? Come on, bro. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm not down here sweating usually. So my second least favorite might be the beer we're about to open up next, actually, which yeah, uh, is Temper Temper. Let's do it. You know what? Yeah. Let's it's, do it. Oh yeah. I, I love the end result, but just <laughs> the process. It's a mix of some things beyond your control. Like for instance, this we roast cocoa nibs for it but we don't have an oven or a roaster, so we have to coordinate with neighbors next door and go over there when it's convenient, but it's, it starts to become unpredictable, and I can't go over there at 10 a.m. because they don't open until two, so. Oh, so it's a whole thing. It'll throw that off. And then just, uh, we started dry nibbing it this year, so we actually will fill um, hot bags and drop them into the fermented beer, which is easy to get in, but very hard to get out. Right. Uh, so. It's one of these ones where it's a lot more extra steps than some other beers, but... Let's get that photo, gentlemen. So this is a dry stout, right? Like, so like an Irish style? Yeah, it's when people oh, think about okay. chocolate stouts, they have this idea that it's going to be like a dessert stout or something with lactose, or very, very sweet, right? Okay. Like a nice chocolate character, mm -hmm. but there, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, a... Sorry, podcast is taking you now. Yeah. Yep. So this is a little bit different. So the cacao nibs we actually take and we roast them, as Johnny Ooh, said, nice. next door. And then we bring them over here and we put them into the kettle. We also like use them as kind of a dry hop. We just call it dry nibbing. Okay. And dry so it, it imparts like a baker's chocolate character, not like a sugary milk chocolate character. So there's right. no lactose or anything in here either. So it comes across as more of a, uh, a, there's a dryness, more of a pronounced bitterness, and that kind of like, a, uh, really it's cacao characters, what you're getting, like if you eat at the- I can totally get that, is that yeah. sort of like a, like dusty chalky- Yes, yeah, yeah. Kind of vibe a, as opposed to that yeah. sort of sweet chocolatey. Yeah, exactly. Mm. 25.8, so it's like crushable. Um, definitely very creamy. Uh, dusty is the word. I like writing keywords here so I can do the review later. <laughs> yeah. I have to remember later. You like, review I, all of this? Like everything you're having one. here, you're going to put on This is 4,495. Oh my God. I'm trying to get to 5,000. I'll get 5,000 this year. I did like 13 or 100 last Damn. year. That's why I'm starting to get fat. It's uh, and that's why I respect your. Uh, uh, when you yeah. tell me you're like you don't drink it much, I'm like, bro, no. I need to get on your level. Uh, okay, so I turned 31 in October. Oh, you're a child. Which I recognize for a lot of people is, is like it's objectively not old, obviously. No, but no, I have over the past few years started to realize that there are certain things that I used to do that now I do them, and I'm like, ah, like there's a weird pain when I'm doing that. Or like, I'm not able to as, I'm not as, you know, readily able to just jog somewhere and be fine. I'm like, oh, I'm out of breath, what's going on? And nothing, I've, 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 there's no lifestyle change. It's just, I'm older. Age. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like yeah. at 30, it's weird. When you hit that, everything kind of like starts yeah. to change. I'm start, you start to get weird. I'm 37 now, so like, yeah. all these little weird things going on, like, even though, like, I'm, I don't know, I wonder if it's to do with the volume of drinking. I'm trying not to, but, like, as you understand, like, I don't have a choice most of the time. Yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes, like, oh, fuck, I shoot this video now, I don't want to drink tonight, but I have to do this. If I don't do it, the beer's going to go off, I'm not going to give an accurate review. And yeah, it becomes yeah. a whole thing. So you start drinking more, then, like, maybe you're not recovering from the hangovers as much. Yeah. 
It's uh, and the hangovers are longer and like more <laughs> like when you have a night the the recovery right. time is like oh yeah you can't do anything more hectic anymore yeah. like back in the yeah. 20s you could do some drugs or something yeah. Yeah. it was a few days now like I wouldn't even I haven't done that for a long time but yeah. even if I did I'd be scared out of my brain now because I don't know how long it would take to recover yeah. Yeah. if it took that long back then like 10 years ago I'm like fuck that yeah. So yeah, no, you, you you're starting to feel it, but you yeah. gotta like push through it. I think if you start stay fit, like yeah. and it's good if you're like cutting down your actual consumption. Yeah, it's probably kind of smart. Like I really wish I could, but I've never met anyone in a brewery who's able to do that. So more power it's to unusual. You, it's unusual. Very unusual. I will give you that. And yeah. like you got to stick to it. Like yeah. I feel like I heard I saw uh, this is uh, beer writer Stephen Beaumont. Beaumont, yeah. Yeah, I never met OG. him, but he's a triple OG, oh, right? Yeah. So he was saying I used to do dry January, and then he was like, "No, no, no!" Like last year, like don't do dry January. And I was like, "Well, why? What's better?" And he was like, "Well, do take two days off per week." And this was aimed at people in the industry, bartenders, brewers, right. people like us. And he was like, "No, two days off a week. Take weekends off, for example, because if you do two days a week times fifty-two weeks, it's one hundred and four days a year versus the thirty-one days in January off." Yeah. drinking yeah. so I've had when he told me that oh, I was like yo that's genius so I've been trying <laughs> to do yeah. that for the most part at least one or two days a week to try and balance that out mm-hmm. so you end up having more days off than on well actually that's not true at all but more days than you would if you took a full month but, off and then yeah, drinking a third day. of the year you're not drinking basically right? yeah so it's not yeah. too bad you know? yeah. and you get used to that action just being like in a social setting you're like oh no I wasn't today that was my plan so you stick with it Exactly. I yeah. think it's harder it in a makes social it more, setting. It makes it more of a habit than Absolutely. just doing it for one month. Yes, 100%. Because the one month is like, you're like, after like five days, you're like, fuck, man, I just need a beer. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, binge quitting. Yeah, binge quitting. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, I like quitting. that. That's like almost like a good episode name. Ooh. We'll think about it. We'll think binge about it. quitting. <laughs> well, no, so you just got to listen to it through. Okay, sorry. Back to the game. Lightning round is just Lightning for all Did I tell you, we call it the molasses round because it's just a slow thing. Thank God we have no limits to this stuff. Uh, worst beer you've ever made? Uh, predates Johnny. This is without a doubt the worst thing we've ever made. Okay, we made a beer called Tilt. Cool and name. it was like a paint, it was like a, it was a poorly conceived beer produced at the wrong time, which because of the limitations placed on us by the contract brewer, like just was never going to work, but right. it, for various reasons we tried it anyways. And it was bad. It was like a spiced blonde. Okay. But it ended up being like, you could barely taste the spice. So it was just like completely bland, neutral, basic malt body with like nothing else. Right. And it was just bad. It wasn't like, there's was no, there's no technical fault with it. It just was really boring. And we were trying to sell a spiced, Pay. I forget what we called it at the time. I don't know what we were trying to sell it as, but it was like it was not convincing. Not happening. That was yeah. We're not. We don't do that anymore. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Long gone. Johnny's like no, yeah. son. No, we're not doing any. Like if we can't be proud of what it is that we're doing, like it's not going out the door. We don't like a brewer is bullshitting you, or a brewery is totally bullshitting you if they say we're equally excited about everything that we do. Yeah. You're not. Like, the truth is you're not. Like, if you feel like the quality isn't there, or there's a technical issue, or that it doesn't meet your standards in terms of how people will perceive it, then you don't let it go out the door. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, like, super jacked about certain things just because of the style. Or if it's a new beer that we're rolling out, I'm like, next time we brew it, bingo, bango, bongo, like, here's these things will change, and the mm. second time around, it'll be, like, dialed in. Good to go. Um, but, yeah. That's a good one. 
Uh, I think there's been some casks I've been like less oh, yeah. proud of. Okay. Uh, That's probably a good one. Yeah, like Hasra is one of those stuff. things where it's like one downside is like you typically never really get to see the end result, so you never really have that data to go back on and be like, oh, I'll tweak this, this, and that. I know at another job I made one cask where I must have miscalculated something with the sugar addition, but I actually had gotten like a month later an email from the bar that tried to tap it. <laughs> Attached with the CCTV footage of them at the bar, like starting to tap, starting to like, tap, starting to tap, and then just explosion. <laughs> and this like two minute long video of people like panicking, running around like a, like a pretty well open bar, and like throwing again. towels on top of it, trying to cover everything. Can you get that everything. footage? Do you have that? Footage? It probably exists somewhere. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know, people don't know how to tap tasks. That's a lot of. I think it's actually a skill set, right? Like you gotta do it. It's just not. There's no skills. So, just hit There's it hard. Skills. Oh, that's it. That's it. You Maybe basically like two, two. Hits. That's it, man. Like One, people go two. in and they're like, you know, like they're putting a finishing nail in drywall yeah. or something, oh. and it just goes, and they're like, ah. It's like you like put it in, pulling a tap down. You got fucking boom. Yes, exactly. You gotta like, you gotta boom, break the seal, and then just crank it in again, and then that's gonna make the seal right because it's. Not a lot of pressure, but it's pressurized in there, and it's going to want to flow out. So if you just as soon as it starts pushing, you're panicking. Yeah, I like that. There you go. Good advice for people tapping. There you go. (laughs) Uh, What music do you listen to when you brew? NPR. Mine's all over the place. Hey. NPR. No. NPR. No, no, not usually podcasts. My walks home. Uh, All over electronic weird things. The most part, I don't know. You, you, you probably pass through more often. Yeah, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, I can usually tell who's working based on Best the music. Yeah. Uh, so y- you often have this like a glitchy electronic swing sounding stuff that's very confusing to me, and I'm always like, what is? What is this? We're saying glitchy. It's not like glitch mob or something. Like no, that. this is more like electro swing. Or- oh, electro swing. You never heard of electro yeah, swing? Yeah, it's a uh, look it up. Look it up. Yeah, it's kind of old timey. All right. It's got like an old timey mm-hmm. like. I don't even know how to describe it. ragtime so like, thing, but it's like, like you could do like Charleston to it, but like really fast. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Never heard of that. I'm learning something. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite hop? Uh, Unrelated, <coughs> like no, other than like the big, like bold, like Citra mosaic. Uh, Willamette, I like to lean on a lot. Okay. Old school. Which is like, yeah, it's like an yeah. old school, but I find like it works really well in like pale lagers. It works nice in dark beers. Just like a good like kind of background floral. And, go, yeah, go. maybe one I used early on and just I always stuck with it. But okay. Off that's the top, an, that's an off the board answer. pick. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in the Tucker. They're going to be like X 7 experimental like from. Uh, yeah. One, two, I think nine, it's in five. It's in like three of the seven beers I'm looking at here. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you, you kind of like have a house hop, right? You like get a hop that's that's like kind of consistent and like reasonable IVU levels and and can act as a certain sort of tool in a lot of your beers you know mm. like you always have this so you end up with that mm. hop and yeah and in, in a only three beers uh, that are in front of us maybe oh, right. yeah. I think we, okay. we, we did a fair amount in the first year we did a count and I think we made something like 40 different beers like production <laughs> size batches in yeah. one year and I was like oh that's why this that's why this fucking year felt so long this <laughs> <laughs> is like a new beer yeah. every week like, god damn yeah. it Year two is kind of nice. You start to like mellow out and just like rework on recipes instead of just like build from scratch every time. That's a really good point. I have a question about that in a second. Did you have a favorite hop at all? Oh, I don't know. I've been out of the hop game for a while, man. I've been out of the like 
needing to be on the cutting edge of hop varieties for a while. She like whatever. I don't know, like any anything that's gonna be like New World for sure. Uh, anything that's gonna be like juicy and like light trop stone fruit tropical, you know. Okay. Uh, I used to when I was maybe five years ago. I was all about pine. I just wanted to be like super dank and like that like pithy bitterness that you mm-hmm. get on like a grapefruit rind or something. Uh, but I really like the kind of light, super floral. Yeah. Okay. Anything specific comes to mind? I don't know. What do what are, what are we, like, we use to dry hop <clears throat> Tucker Box? Uh, Willamette and uh, Mosaic. Mosaic. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Which is, yeah, really stone fruit, tropical forward. Yeah, and anything that's like that light, light citrus, stone fruit, not, mm-hmm. not like dank. Right. Like, I'm trying to think stone fruit. Is that like a... Um... Mosaic was one. Mm-hmm. Mosaic's a classic like citrus. I'm trying to think of something else that's like stone <laughs> fruit. Like um I don't know I'm having a blank right now. There's so many that like have that sort of like I don't know if it's like a, a like the new one, Laurel or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, Laurel or, Laurel. Yeah, whatever. yeah, we use that for a few. It's pretty chill. Yeah, it's a bunch it's of like an offshoot of mosaic, I think that one. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. they all are. someone told me recently, I have a friend who's a hop grower, and he was like, What you can do, because citra is um uh, what's the word? It's like a brand. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. proprietary like hop. Yeah, it's a pri- yeah. proprietary hop, so you can't just grow citra. Right. Um, if you mix this hop, this hop, and this hop, that's essentially what citra is, a combo of, you don't, instead of trying to access citra if you can't or it's too expensive or whatever, you use right. these three bad boys and they mm-hmm, they right. blend in, so I think it's pretty is easy to... Is it like to, CTZ, like Columbus, Zeus, Tomahawk? Something like I that. Mean, yeah. One of those type of things. Whatever citra... I, he told me exactly what it was and I... I genuinely forget but whatever I'm, I'm sure it's easy to get that information like whatever like those proprietary hops <laughs> that were sort of essentially a hybrid of mm-hmm. other classic hops mm-hmm. that ended up being like somebody we did an episode with uh, all hop growers they explained everything like how right. it all works and stuff so I was like how can like why can't we just grow Galaxy here and I'm like oh well because the person like actually figured it out over 10 years right, and right. like the way to cash in on it is to have that shit patented and they can only grow it in Australia and blah blah blah, blah. Like, yeah, right, cool, right. and now it. you're yeah you're crop sells they cash in right money. because they invested that R&D so I was like cool no worries but if you know what those particular hops are essentially a hybrid of you can pretty much recreate it without having to Access Citra or, mm-hmm. or Galaxy, which right. are, you know, always, like Nelson Sylvan is the most expensive pop in the world, is what yeah. I understand from New yeah. Zealand. So, like, if you know what that's a hybrid of, you'd be able to sort of recreate it, which mm-hmm. I think is a fascinating concept. To a degree, yeah. But to like, a degree. There might be some region sometimes <clears throat> is like a little specific. So. Yeah, the elements. I've seen like different yeah. breweries do like the uh, comparison, the exact same malt bill and, and grain bill and all that stuff, but different hops, a Chinook from this terroir and Chinook from this one, and then compare mm-hmm. the two, and you can actually taste the difference based on the actual earth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fascinating when you think about it, coming way, into wine territory, right? Yeah. That's well, way above my level of uh, understanding yeah. of the process. I'm always just curious uh, to it's see. Intense. All good? Parking here in Kensington, as you <laughs> thankfully warned us. Jack, all good? Yeah, bloody a, ripper. It's a situation. It's a situation. We'll make sure we're covered. Uh, two more <laughs> questions, boys. Uh, what does your family think of your job? <laughs> uh, I want to know what your family thinks of your job because you left... Uh, your university education uh, yeah they for uh, something you've never done before you're just like I like drinking and so then, like, let's when, make beer <laughs> that's actually a good point yeah, yeah no they, they, they definitely really questioned it at first I, I think I remember specifically the day I told them I'm like hey I think I'm I'm, I'm planning to I know you, I've just done like four years of this but I'm gonna go back to school and do something different right 
Um, now they're super proud of it and like yeah, they'll tell every yeah, yeah, friend yeah. they or anyone they run into they'll, they'll go into grocery stores and be like my son makes this <laughs> um, so yeah, cool yeah now they love it uh, I think maybe early on they were a little bit didn't, they just didn't understand the market but they've also right. like come around as beer drinkers uh, especially my mom where it's like she only drinks IPAs for the most part Gangsta. So it's like, yeah. Gangsta. So All right, moms. All right. they've definitely transitioned into drinking more flavorful beers. So it kind of went along with that. For a long while, there's like they knew I like weird beers, and whenever I bring anything home, they'd be like, "Oh, I, is that a weird beer? I don't want one." Is that a weird? Is that a weird? A strange one. And then, yeah, now they're more open to it. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's very cool. Japanese equivalent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they were. Well, I mean, I think they're like any parent. They're they're proud of the success you've had, and maybe stick sticking to it over time. But yeah, they think it's cool. It's a, like it's a fun job to tell people about. Yeah, right. Really people is. are like, "Hey, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Get well, drunk every day. Work at a brewery." And they're <laughs> like, "They're like, oh, you probably drink a lot." And I'm like, "You'd be surprised. There's a real lack of drinking." But uh, but um, yeah, it's a fun job to tell people about. So yeah. I think they they realize that, and they're like, "Man, they're like." I think they're pretty classic parents in that they just wanted me to do what I found interesting and they're like, do what makes you happy. You know, they're, they're those types of people. So. Right, right, right. I like that. That's great. Yes. Last question. Favorite adjunct? The answer is lactose, rice. but you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> well, all right. But corn, also, corn, corn rice. It's corn rice. That's what I want. I want a macro adjunct. Or basil. Uh, or basil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Cacao nibs. No, I don't Cacao. Fruit, man. No, cacao. Like fruit. Fruit. Like it's got to be a fruit, and I absolutely am like obsessed with strawberry and rhubarb. I love strawberry rhubarb pie. It's a wonderful strawberry one. in a beer or in a pie or a cake or a yogurt or a whatever. It's the best fruit. So facts, yeah, facts, exactly. Big facts. I think I might go with lemon verbena. Oh, that, that was good. Part. It wasn't even that. Yeah. Johnny, all right. That was the uh, the non-Australian guy. Oh, the who fake was Australian. Uh, we did yeah. we did yeah, a beer no. early on when we opened that was like a cantaloupe lemon verbena beer based off of like a dessert he had, and right. I was really surprised good. how yeah. like a small amount of that in the kettle like comes through so strong and it ages in a very interesting way. Yeah, it is a cool but, little herb, right? Yeah. 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 Like very distinct, bold flavor out of it. Lime and ginger are good in beer too. We mm -hmm. have like a. We, had, we fashioned yes, a beer after a Moscow Mule. Mm -hmm. So it had like mint, uh, more mint next year, but it yeah. had mint, ginger, lime, lime zest, kefir, lime It's just like, it's like super it was refreshing. Like a goza or something? Sour, yeah. Is this a sour? Uh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. No, no salt or anything like that. Just, <clears> we <throat> did it with like Cali Elias. What Elias? It sounds fantastic. Cali Elias, yeah. Basically just tried to make a Moscow Mule that you can just pour off a tap. And it's like, great. you just want to like put yeah. ice cubes in it. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's super yeah. good. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's the end of the lightning round. We only have one more beer to craft. If you want to do that one, and then we'll, because we need one for the photo at the end, because we didn't do the photo oh. beforehand. We've done this we're in the exact be. opposite way. We should. <laughs> yeah, we're going. You know away. what? Let me just grab something that's better than drinking on. Oh, yeah. Room temperature watermelon weed after like, <laughs> yeah. after like two and a bit hours of uh, chatting. That's solid, man. We ran through them all, which is pretty good. How do you feel? Yeah, about that? got through a good amount. I feel like we're uh, we thugged it out. What was your faves? Do you guys have a fave? I like the fish eye. Fish eye was really good, man. I just don't, I don't remember what the other one was like, but when uh, Mike was talking about earlier, I exactly remember the dark color, the dark stuff, multi. It was great. Because like, this is such a nice, fresh, West, West Coast, Coast yeah. More, yeah. These uh, the the Pilsner was so sick. I don't know why I just love them so much right now. Yeah. I just nailed that stuff. It was just like great hoppy Pilsners, like or dry hop Pilsners. It's just uh, phenomenal. Black hop, yeah, it was yeah. Sick. 
Oh, this one, yeah. Great. Yeah, that's probably my favorite in the lineup right now. Yeah. That's one of the ones where we didn't have a lot of like bad bottles on the production run, so I haven't been drinking it. Right. So, oh, some of the brands I'll have like a stack of at home, Is but it that's one where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, damn. That's one where I'm like, I haven't had a bottle of that in like a month or two. Got a join us. All right. Huh? Come on over, Jess. Remember I mentioned our awesome sales reps before? Yes, indeed. Hey, that's great. I'm one of them. Hello, nice hi. Nice to meet you. Hey, good. Awesome. These guys are like, what the hell are you doing? You're ruining your podcast. No, no such thing as ruining your podcast. It's your <laughs> podcast, Michael. I like the smell, though. Like, yeah, right? Just yeah. like the tanks in the industrial. Nice. You know, we out here. Yeah. Are you not yeah. cold, though? Do you want to take a seat? I here? Come. so fucking no, freezing. I've been sitting all day. I you want my jacket? It's okay. I'm going to put it, it on. It might become small on you. might be a little bit. Johnny's looking for a way to leave. He's like, it's five. 30 or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, it's just like, I'm cold. Yeah. I did not, I did not lay, we had to turn off the heat so that it didn't make a sound. Yeah, it didn't make sound. We can put it back on in a sec. So here's the thing. Jess used to uh, do social media stuff for, uh, am I going to get this right? For a company that did hearing things? Uh, here for life. Hearing healthcare. Hearing healthcare. Hearing aids and um, hearing so obviously we were like, you'll make a great beer sales rep. Thank you. Uh, and here we are, here we are, not even a year later, but I was telling them how we went from like, basically no presence whatsoever uh, to how many licenses do we have now? 53. I think I said 200. I was exaggerating. <laughs> Michael was boosting, but you know what? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's Toronto. Soon. You gotta like yeah. aim high. <laughs> exactly. And you will achieve. You, mm-hmm. Aim for this. Oh, wait, this is a Michael Scott quote. Aim for the stars and you will land amongst the. No, aim for the moon. moon and you'll land There's amongst the stars. Yeah. <laughs> Big facts though. So this yep. is your. It says one year beer? This is our one year here double. Vermont, New England style, New England. whatever, yeah. Vermont style. Yeah. Which, there is a difference. There yeah. is a difference. It's dank. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Um, yes, yeah, so this is the second time we brewed it. We did one once, maybe the fall, winter beforehand, <laughs> and then just really liked it, but then took what we got from that and did a new batch, larger size. Okay. For often, anytime we do how our tanks work, sometimes we'll have to put like a small batch into a large tank. So okay. whenever we can actually fill a tank with a batch. Ends up being a little bit better. Love it. Um, but yeah, this is it at about. 5, this is what, four or five months now? This is uh, got some age on it. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So for New England, it's something that you want to drink in like the first two to four weeks. August 2018. Sorry? I love how you're doing dead. No, this is like, this is still packing flavor. No, uh, different different than where it was like when we first packaged it. Obviously, like still, still very bright, still very tropical, fruity. Yeah, um, we, this is something that I gained an appreciation for. Like beer, as a rule of thumb, you have ideas about how beer should age or not age in the case of a beer like this and hoppy beers in general. But actually being around it, you can kind of set a set of guidelines that applies to the specific product. Like if you're having it and running QC on it over and over again all the time, you can right away detect if stuff is changing negatively. Gotcha. And it's crazy because some beers that should not, like by the rule of thumb, last you know three months or whatever, are you're like, whoa, this is like a little bit different, but it's completely awesome. Right. And other beers where you're like, oh, let it linger, it actually tastes better fresh. Like, <laughs> you just never know, and everyone has yeah. like kind of different different like palettes too yeah. that make it work. Let's get the photo. Okay. Jump in? Jump get, get in, Jess. No, this is all about selfies. It's a thing we've been doing. Oh my gosh. It's a whole thing. Okay. Get in there. Get in there. Ready? 
you guys are attractive. There we go. I love it. <laughs> yes. That's a perk. That's a perk. <laughs> right go. place, right time to oh. <laughs> Yeah. This is great. And she's bringing nine uh, kegs back. Yeah. Oh, woof. And Thank I you. would have grabbed more, but I have glassware and a cooler in my truck, okay. so I did not have room. All right. Mm. Are there more to be grabbed? Yes. Nice. I think the pilot has quite a few. Oh, good. We have this problem uh, where this, we this sell problem. beer to people, and then okay. they keep our kegs, and we're like, Gosh. we need them. Like, we Bring have to fill them up again right. to sell them to you again, and it takes forever. So you got to kind of bust your ass to get them back? Yeah, running around trying to grab it. Guys, bring the kids back. Clock. Bring the kegs back. Please, bring please, them bring back. They're so expensive. we can all get more beer. Yeah. And so you can get Gosh. your money back. Exactly. Oh, yeah, there's a deposit. The, uh, the keg deposit. deposit. Yeah. It's like, do you not want your money? Well, keg deposits, I think, are quite the high. As opposed to the... 50 bucks. As opposed to the 10 cents a can. Man's nose. As opposed to the 10 cents a can or a bottle. Same, bring it back. Um, guys, this has been a uh, rather lengthy podcast, which makes me very happy. We're pushing the two and a half. Holy shit. Are you serious? Oh, fuck yeah, you're gonna have to edit you're gonna have to edit this down. We do not edit a second of Michael. <laughs> Alright? Except for the part where you not listened? Uh, I did just start listening to your guys' uh, podcast. Respect. Respect. Really? I think I'm on episode six. Well, oh, there's yeah. a multi cat. This is 121. I'm very <laughs> I'm new to this game, okay? You're gonna have to skip here. up to ours. I've skip. been Trying hey, to find good what? new podcasts to listen to, and it's taken me. Well, I appreciate you going from the jump. Uh, the first little bunch, we weren't really talking to intelligent people like yo. We were just talking shit for a while, and then we started talking to smart people. And then gotcha. I think it's then it got good. Got good. <laughs> so don't worry about us. Listen to smart people. Things got cool. All right, but don't worry about it. We try. Um, where can we, guys? Thank you so much. This is yeah. this has been fantastic. Where can all the gorgeous humans listening find Kensington online? So here's the thing: most of the beer that we sell is sold out of this right here. Right. So you so got to come to come see us here. Two nine nine Augusta Avenue in Toronto's lovely historic Kensington Market. Which camera am I looking at here? Uh, that one. Yeah, that there one. we go. This right one. Oh. <laughs> I've been looking at the wrong one the whole night. Johnny, Johnny's been on right. Eastern right. Angle right. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we do have 153 licensees for whatever you just mentioned. 153. It's, it's, it's soon it's to be flux. 200 in 2019 because that's the new it goal. It better be. Um, <laughs> yeah. No LCBO right now. So we don't do any LCBO or don't about distribution. Don't worry about that. You don't so don't that. bother going there. Come here, fam. Exactly. Um, but uh, we're, we're looking at LCBO later this year. We'll see if we can make it work. Which one would it be? I don't know. <laughs> Wait and see. <laughs> Some, something in the meantime, maybe. Uh, yeah. come to the brewery. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you online? Uh, www.kensingtonbrewingcompany.com. Uh, there you'll find uh, links to everything else, but it's uh, Kensington Brewing Company on Instagram, and et cetera, et cetera, Twitter, Facebook, same All thing. All of that find out guys thank you so much yeah. for uh hanging Thanks, out lovely to meet you lovely thank you for to the meet you. um yeah. guys thank you so much for listening and watching if you enjoyed the episode mate boom smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops follow us on social media at bos podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear extraordinarily attractive individuals like these people right here talk about craft beer in ontario uh that is it guys thank you for watching we'll see you in the next episode get in ya get in ya get in ya <laughs>